All right, welcome back to Film Yak, our weekly podcast for movie discussions. I'm Jordan. I'm John. I'm Kevin. And this week we will be talking about Blade Runner 2049. That'll be our deep dive review for this episode, episode 8. Of course, directed by Denis Villeneuve. Sure. Sure. Denis. Uh, Denis. I I think some people say Denise. Denis. So I'm not sure. I've heard him say Denis, like, hey, this is Denis. Okay. All mm. right. But uh, I'm sure more he... sketchy on the villain. 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 Yeah. Villain. So we'll be talking about that guy and his film, new film, uh, Ryan Gosling, Harrison Ford, all these other people, of course. Um, before we get into that, just talk a little bit about our website, filmyakpodcast.com. You can check out some of our blog posts and Kevin... You've been really killing it, putting up some uh, multiple blogs here we've got. Uh, you've got one that just came out about movie pacing, so mm-hmm. you want to tell us a little bit about that or talk about that at all? Well, as you can see on the blog itself, like I watched a couple of movies that I thought were way too long than they needed to be, and I felt like, uh, especially in the case of one of those movies, it was an amazing movie, but the length I felt did it no favors so yeah and check this it out. is uh this is before you wrote this before you went and saw blade runner yes before so. i saw blade runner there's no, no comment the day on before that. actually yeah. yes all right and you've also got your uh top 10 director's cut up there yeah, for your the director's top. cut of my top 10 list is there going to be a final cut of that at some point it's possible. Okay. <laughs> All right. And uh, you have yeah, another blog. Yeah, color correction yes. and sound design and... Uh, Get George Lucas on that for you. <laughs> no. Never. Uh, never. Uh, you've got the Cult of Hype blog as well. So, yeah if, you, yeah, if you guys are interested in any of that, check out our blog. Again, filmyakpodcast.com. I should have mentioned earlier, too, that um, thank you guys last week y'all uh y'all covered for me while, when i was out so should be thanking jonathan anderson and um yeah. yeah shout out to john anderson for coming in late notice for uh guesting on that episode y'all did a, a good job i'm glad you guys will have me back you know after such You're a success throw you out? yeah just fire me <laughs> just coup d'etat <laughs> george's out of here oh yeah i see that <laughs> glance in your eye <laughs> Well, now that you, well, now you're expecting it, now, might as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're like, well, we were going to reveal it during the episode. Yeah, I but. mean, but hey, you've saved us the trouble. All right, get out of here. I'll see y'all later. All right, so let's get into what we watched. We'll take turns talking about a film. Let's see, rewatched Shaun of the Dead last week. I love this movie. Been watching it for years. There's still things that. I'm finding that I hadn't found on previous viewings. I, I love, love the way it's structured. <laughs> you, you sold you sold weed, yeah, once at in college, college to, to you. you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> the only thing that will redeem mankind is cooperation, as Bertrand Russell once said, and I think we can all appreciate the rele- relevance of that now. Wasn't that on the back of a beer mat? Yeah, it was Guinness extra cold. I won't say anything. Thanks. <laughs> it's beautiful. Like, it's, yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about Shaun of the Dead because it's, it's just so good. It's a great zombie film. It is. Beyond comedy. I mean, it's like one of the better movies about zombies yeah. in general. Yeah, because like you can, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you can see. Oh, well, you know, 
they obviously had like George Romero and you know whatever other zombie movie you care to name, but uh, like they do it, they do it with such a reverence for the material, like uh, like like with Hot Fuzz. Um, you know, we were talking last week about Point Break. There's a there's a scene where in Hot Fuzz where Nick Frost is watching Point Break and he's so enamored with the scene where Keanu Reeves is firing his gun into the air. Oh yeah. And then later on in in the movie he's caught in the moment where he may actually have to shoot uh his father in the movie and instead of that he shoots his gun into the air. Hmm. Yeah, good yeah. reference to Point really? Break. Yeah. Good stuff. Yes. All right, so um Totally different direction here. I watched the film My Neighbor Totoro uh, from Hayao Miyazaki, Japanese anime. Watched it with my kids for the first time. Uh, rewatched it. I'd seen it you know, multiple times before, but really enjoyed it again. Uh, gave it four and a half stars, uh, and they were surprisingly enthralled with it the whole time. It's not your typical cartoon where. You know, things are happening all the time. There's action. There's a plot. It's um, pretty sparse, pretty meditative in a lot of moments where it's just like these quiet moments in the countryside of this Japanese family moving into a new house. And, yeah, it follows two little uh, girls as they kind of explore the the woods and the forest nearby, and they meet forest spirits and things like that. Uh, and their mom's in the hospital, so they go and visit her. But, it's yeah, it's pretty... It's pretty slow moving. It's uh, it's not action packed at all, but it does have a lot of fantasy, a lot of fun and whimsy in it. So, I was glad to be able to show that to them, and you know, also even as an adult uh, with a you know pretty straight up kids film, um, but yeah, with a lot of adult themes in it. Uh, surprisingly, uh, I enjoyed it. It was good stuff. So it was a little. Um, a little cheesy at the end. I couldn't tell if it was just the English dub. Uh, voice acting, um, they're you know like their moms in the hospital, and at the end she's like, you know they they go and there there's this really tense moment where they're not sure like they've gotten news from the hospital that their dad needs to call the hospital, and you know the little girls get them get the message, and so they're trying you know they have no telephone, they have to like walk all the way to a neighbor's house to make the phone call to their dad, and then like wait for the message back. And then, like, they are just told, like, wait there. And then the little girl, like, runs off and gets lost. And so, like, there's this whole segment that's really actually pretty tense where they're not sure if this little girl's drowned in the pond and, like, her older sister's running around, like, all the countryside looking for her and can't find her. So that was really good. But then at the end, they finally go and see that the mom, spoiler, is still alive. And uh, she's like, I will get better. I will get better and come home. And... I don't know, just that moment was just like a little like uh mm. a little too like up a little bit a little too family friendly like oh, oh like <laughs> let's just make sure this ends on a positive note you know so mm. other than that I thought it was really great I enjoyed it How about you John When I saw Shaun of the Dead the first time mm-hmm. it was with a friend of mine Logan and a friend of ours uh named Jamie Mhm Did you meet Jamie 
Maybe. Anyway, I remember y'all talking. Jim was a punk, but anyway, uh, (laughs) remember you talking like an actual, like an actual punk, like no, like mohawk and leather jacket. Oh, yeah, yeah. they didn't like him. Okay, Uh, he was a hang hang around, you know, hang around kind of kid, uh, younger than us, wanted to be cool. Uh, We weren't cool though, so I don't know what he was hanging out with us for. (laughs) Yeah, but he thought you are. I remember we went to City Place, which is like a local theater doesn't exist anymore, Mm. and uh, we. We went there to see a movie, but we didn't know what we wanted to see. And then we saw this movie, Marquis, Shaun of the Dead. Mm. And none of us knew what it was. And we just took a chance. Cool. I and love it that. was the best time. It yeah. was so funny. And Jamie was such a nightmare because he kept <laughs> screaming and stuff, trying to get people to laugh. And it was oh, just, God. No. He's the worst. But the, the movie was so funny. And uh, I remember being really blown away by it. And I miss... I, don't, I can never have that experience again. Because yeah. I'm so in it i know everything that's coming out so yeah, that'll yeah. never happen again but just stop uh no i can't can't do it just get off the internet man. can't do it no, uh, man, no i'm going to uh talk about i went into um about three months ago my wife uh heard about these disney movies that were coming back to the theater so she bought advanced tickets for all of them mm. so uh, i talked about beauty and the beast a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. that was the that was one of them uh lion king was one of them yeah and uh this last weekend went and saw princess and the frog which i had never seen before because uh, you know it came out when i was an adult so i don't watch children's films in the theater usually uh but she wanted to see it she liked it so uh i was said okay and i uh, went to go see it and it was okay it's yeah. uh i don't have a lot to say about it the animation was really good yeah uh i mean it was pretty typical disney maybe a little complicated overly complicated too many characters yeah, yeah, um, I can see that. But the animation, I was so enthralled with how good the animation was until I went home and read, <laughs> you know, the last 2D animated movie, except well, there you go. except not drawn on paper. Oh, yeah. Drawn on tablets. Oh, yeah. So, oh. what a joke. I mean, mm. it's like cheating, you know? So, I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> so know then you I can go better. and, like, mock it up and change things. Well, it's things just it doesn't have yeah. any rough edges automatically. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. if you watch Lion King, you can see the drawing. You can see the strokes of the pencil and the, the paints and everything. You know yeah. what I mean? So, it's just like... Yeah, I much I prefer know. that. But uh, it looked good, but... Uh, I remember it know. being really, like, creepy for a Disney film. Like, all the voodoo and, like, the skeletons I mean, and stuff. I don't know how much worse it is than, like, like it's kind of psychedelic or something. I yeah, mean, but it's, like, it has those psychedelic moments that are kind of... Psychedelic? Yeah, I don't... Uh, I don't maybe. Know. I don't know. Like, uh, neon skeletons and stuff? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess. I don't I'm not <laughs> saying that's a bad thing or Well, they're not... I mean, I don't know how neon they are, and they're just, like... It's colorful. Yeah, it's colorful. Yeah, like, The guy I, is evil. Yeah. And, but, I mean, he's also kind of an idiot. Yeah. yeah, which helps. So he's not like he's evil, but he the whole the whole point of his character is that he he doesn't have any actual power. He just like has, as the song goes, friends on the other side. So yeah. like he uses demons to accomplish all of his um, evil stuff against the characters. And yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, I'll be honest, I was pretty into it. Actually, I was like, this is all right until the the character main character turns into a frog, and then I was like. This isn't interesting at all anymore. They just <laughs> took away everything that was interesting about the movie. I don't want to watch a movie about a couple of frogs trying to get from one place to another. And I realize mm. that's what that's what it is. But I, I was under the impression <laughs> it was about a frog and then the princess. Yeah, not two frogs, one of which is a princess. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. It was all right. Whatever. Three gave stars. It, gave it a three. 
Yeah. And it's a, it is a bummer that they don't do 2D animation yeah. at Disney anymore, because, I mean... It's definitely a bummer. Three, the CG is, looks like shit. I'm sorry. It's just none of it looks good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Toy Story 3 is one thing, but... Yeah. But that's Toy know, Story. Like, that's on. Pixar. Yeah. Like, they that was back in a time where, like... Toy Story started on yeah. uh, on CG. Yeah. So it's like, it makes sense, but to do like, everything... Well, I guess even CG back nowadays. then, like, even if it was CG, like, it wasn't, like, the super, quote-unquote, realistic CG that they're trying to go for now. Yeah. Where, like, you know, even even as CG, it had a lot of rough edges because they hadn't, you know, yeah. gotten it... Oh, know, yeah. The science Especially and technology the wasn't Toy perfect. Story. Yeah, yeah, so... But, like, something like The Incredibles and the earlier yeah, yeah. Pixar stuff, too. Yeah, stuff like that. All right. What about you, Kevin? What else have you been watching? Let's see, uh, speaking of bad CG, I watched uh, Alien Covenant last night. <laughs> Lots um, of bad CG. It had some like noticeably bad CG. Like, Which part? Uh, uh, when they're outside of the ship and they're repairing the uh, the like solar sails. Mm-hmm. There's a part where like uh, like it pan like the camera pans over from Danny McBride's face. It comes over and you see his hands working, and it's obviously like it's obviously CGI. Like it just looks so like cartoony, mm. um, and you know not not cartoony in a good way. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you've got that happening, and then when like the first guy who gets infected by the alien, uh, when he he like kind of collapses at, collapses backwards at one point, and I guess like his like spine shatters or like disconnects from his hip or something like that. Yeah, he falls over in a really like rubbery manner, and it just looks rubbery and fake Mm. but uh other than that uh you know it wasn't it wasn't a bad movie uh i thought michael fassbender did a great job um just the the blind faith of of the android in himself and what he's doing i thought he captured that really well everybody else yeah you know not not bad, but not necessarily memorable. I thought um, Danny McBride was bad. Well, I think he's. I think he's. He's not at the level of everyone else in the movie. I I could agree with that. I mean, it, it's he's like kind of the comic relief, but he's not really he's not funny. funny at all in it. Though, yeah, yeah. It's like he's just like a. He, he's more like the. We need someone to be a regular person and not a scientist. Yeah. So we'll yeah. Danny McBride, McBride is this cowboy pilot guy. Yeah. Who brought Jack Daniels onto, yeah. onto the ship. And he's and the only like, one who okay, recognizes whatever. a John Denver song. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And like some, some of the, uh, some of the, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's like the acting, but like the way, like, um, I'm, I guess between the acting or the directing or whatever, some of the stuff just seemed like, really over the top like uh the girl who's um she's she's at the lander and when they come back and like she sees what's going on and she just has a total like conniption just collapses from reality in her hysterics and like well at that again point, like, she had seen the guy's spine explode hadn't she it was just a little like, couple of spots of blood that like shot out of his back but then like I you mean, know that's pretty scary yeah, but like I, I don't know. I feel like if you're going if you're like an astronaut on like sent on a 7-year mission, like 
I'm guessing you have some kind of like science or engineering or medical background. Sure. So like you would be able to handle like uh, well, these he, kind of stressful situations. I, I agree with that, but you could also argue it as like she's. This is like the last straw. I mean, it's not like that's the first thing that's she saw. True. They, they that's had the true. fire and people died already. Yeah. Like she's experienced a lot already at that Yeah, point. and the poor girl slips on blood yeah, twice. That rules, actually. So. I, that was my favorite part of the whole movie when she <laughs> slipped on the blood. She was trying to shoot the shotgun. And she yeah. Couldn't. Everything was just slick with blood. Oh, my yeah. God. So cool. Yeah. It reminded me of, uh, I don't know if you, have you seen Cape Fear? Scorsese's Cape I need Fear? to. I need to. In, there's a scene like that in Scorsese's Cape Fear where somebody <laughs> slips in blood and it's it's disturbing <laughs> yeah really, really. i'm trying to think of another movie where somebody slips on blood there's i'm sure there's one right into feedback at filmyakpodcast.com tell go. us your favorite scenes <laughs> of go. movies where people slip, slip in blood <laughs> that'll be our, our next top five sure top five yeah. blood slippages yeah <laughs> and, all right yeah. Um, so John loaned me uh, Alex Cox's Walker uh, for me to watch. I'd never seen it before, uh, starring Ed Harris as William Walker. Um, and he goes down to, he's like a, he's not like a... Filibuster. Filibuster, yeah. He's like a mercenary, he goes down to Nicaragua, um, tries to, you know, performs like a coup d'etat and takes over Nicaragua and uh, pretty much just, it just goes bad from there. We're just one bad thing happens after next where like his pretty much his total like ineptitude to run a country or do anything right um just derails like his whole operation um you know based on a true story so i really enjoyed it um actually i liked it a lot better than repa man um maybe not a whole lot better but i just thought like it was a better put together film like it like it just hit like good story points and like good sweet spots for me. And then like the ending was a lot more satisfying. I just felt like it had like a complete story to tell. Of course it's based on a true story. So that, you know, material to work with. Um, but yeah, I, I liked the soundtrack of course, by Joe Strummer, I liked mm-hmm. Ed Harris's acting. I thought he was really good as like both being like intense and aloof. Like he, he like played that balance really well. He's so um, good in that. He's just movie. like walking through the the scenes of like like them being shot at like in the Nicaraguan towns and he's just like blindly like pushing forward and it's like he's insane, he's an idiot, but he also like has like this presence about him, like this commanding presence and like people are following him just like, you know, I'm sure I can see why, uh, John, you love this film because, like, all the squibs and, like, the blood coming out of people's, like, gunshot it's got wounds. got some good it's, squibs. Yeah. I like the, my, my favorite part. Stuff. My favorite squib is uh, when he when that one guy tries to uh, essentially, like, challenge his authority and he just grabs that gun from behind his shoulder and, and shoots, shoots him, him and there's, like, a hose of blood just spraying out <laughs> yeah. of Yeah. He just, like, <laughs> collapses it, it on the ground. It sprays all over the coffins. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they blow up the wall, and like those guys rush out, and then they're just immediately gunned down. Yeah, that was good. It's, uh, I, um, I agree. I think it's his masterpiece. Uh, yeah, for sure. I'd, I'd, yeah. It's like I mean, it's really Alex Cox is an interesting figure because he only made a few films that are yeah uh, received very well, and then he kind of disappeared into obscurity. And uh, uh, out of the three that you know you would hear talked about, this and Repo Man and Sid and Nancy, I think yeah. this is like easily the top of the yeah. heap. Yeah, I, yeah, I've seen all of them now, and I definitely say like this is yeah, his best film. It's really a shame that he wasn't able to do more stuff because I read that he was attached to Fear and Loathing, well, but mm-hmm. uh, he has done some more stuff. But oh yeah, but, he's uh, done like Repo Chick, 
Yeah, which that's just, not. Yeah, that's like, what, it's that's all. When I say yeah. disappeared in the security. I mean, he does stuff like that. He does like yeah. yeah. He, he's still doing stuff, but it that's just like looks a, awful. He like a green screen shot. Uh, you know, and he yeah. did he did a sequel to Repo Man in comic book form, which I've been interested in, oh, but okay. I haven't gotten around to it. Mm. And he did another movie called. Um, uh, well, he did a movie called Highway Patrolman, which I've been meaning. I've oh, been trying yeah, to yeah. download for like a year and a half. Oh yeah, and haven't been able to get because nobody's seeding it. But. Uh, <laughs> Really want to check that one out. I mean, you know, yeah. he's a good director. It's yeah, it's a shame yeah. that he uh, and like his day is over. This like I could definitely see like the elements of Repo Man, like how he takes some of that like I guess quirky like off the wall stuff from Repo Man and like inserting his own like he definitely has a fingerprint on Walker. Like it's yeah, it's historical. It's you know, based on a true story, but it's all Alex Cox. Like I loved all the anachronisms where like they're you know, it's what the 1800s, but all of a sudden, like, there's a car driving down the street, and then there's like a computer in one of the rooms. But you know, they're all like, you know, old school gentlemen with like the huge mustaches and the suits and mm-hmm. stuff. It's like those yeah. little things were, were really interesting. It gets more and more anachronistic as the film yeah, progresses it, until a, the end. Where yeah, but yeah, and like that's one the, of the, as the absurdity increases, like with his yeah. really yeah. poor decisions. And yeah, like that's one of the great things about the movie. Unfortunately, like. It was probably one of the things that kind of did the movie in, like because it was so political. Yes, um, very political. Yeah, like uni- like Universal said, it was too political, too violent. So they just kind of threw their hands up in the air and like, yeah, sorry, bro. And that kind of that's a I read quote from the head of sorry, Universal. Bro. Sorry, bro. Of course, yeah. Well, I read that they were like trying, like they had pitched it, or they were going for like more of like a Blazing Saddles, or like that's what the studio thought it was going to be, like this mm. kind of comedic, like punch in the face to history but yeah and then they decided oh it's too much like an art film and they shelved it for 20 years or whatever but um yeah it's very political because like there's a lot of like obviously a lot of um totally lost my train of thought (laughs) a lot of satire of you like you know manifest destiny and just like you know these idea like patriotism a lot of satire of you know america as a country and like kind of as a you know like pretty much like um walker is like a you know proxy idiot for like reagan and a lot of like the the era of the things that um that cox was dealing with at the time that at the end they have the uh the thing with Reagan saying, like, yeah, we're not going into Nicaragua, and then they show, like, the actual clips of it and everything at the end, so. Yeah. And I, it, was, it was interesting, like, uh, in, in that aspect, like, even though I'm not, like, a huge political person or whatever, I thought it was a well-done, like, political satire, and it really made you, like, hate his character or just, like, you know, like, in the end, spoiler, he, uh, you know, is gunned down, like, before the firing squad. It's like, I felt like, okay... Like, I, I was completely fine with that. It was, like, a satisfying ending, and, like, um, he got his comeuppance pretty much. Mm. So, all right, moving I on. I watched the HBO original movie Spielberg, which is about the career of Steven Spielberg. Um, just came out Saturday, I think. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, it's all right. It's kind of, you know, it's fun in a way because you get to see, like, behind the scenes there's like eight millimeter footage of like him hanging out with De Palma and Scorsese and uh, that's cool George Lucas and all those guys back in you know uh, the early 70s 
but um, there's really not a whole lot of that. And then it's mainly just like a strokeathon, like a self-congratulatory, <laughs> like Spielberg's such a genius, and people don't give him credit for how smart he is and what a good filmmaker he is, and yeah. it's which is really silly because like you know he's one of the more lauded filmmakers. He's won yeah. more awards yeah. than Scorsese yeah. has, so it's like I I don't know where that comes from, but. People just arguing in a it's like an apologist film for commerciality. Like they're you know yeah <laughs> you can be commercial and still be an artist and it's just he makes beautiful films and all, and it's like whatever. But there's not really a whole lot of insight into what he does or um he there's a lot of people trying to apply themes to movies that really don't have them. <laughs> uh, does it talk about like his childhood at all? Yeah. Talks okay. about his childhood. He grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm, yeah, and like he made movies, made on, short films on yeah, eight millimeters. I show some of that. I don't yeah, know. It looks, mm. looks fine. I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever. It's, he's a kid. Uh, yeah. I don't. You know, it's just not a. It's not. It's like two and a half hours long too. It's nothing mm. that you want to ever watch again. And compared to something like De Palma, which is the the film that Noah Baumbach made about De Palma's career, which is just interviews with De Palma talking about his movies mm-hmm. and nobody else talking about De Palma's movies except De Palma. Yeah. That's, that's how you do this. You don't, you know, I mean, he talks about his childhood too and that, but it's him talking. It's not, you know, they, like in this movie, they interview his parents, they interview his sister, they interview Kathleen Kennedy, they interview <laughs> producers who've worked with him, writers, David Kep, uh, 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 Harrison Ford, obviously every star who's ever been in one of his movies, who's alive still, Richard Dreyfus, okay. uh, just like everybody you can imagine who's been in something. They do, interview Eric Bana for they, like three seconds because he was in Munich. <laughs> oh, do they man. ever talk to Spielberg? Like, they yeah, no, Spielberg's him. in it too. I'm okay. saying, they're in, I mean, it's two and a half hours long. They got lots of time. Yeah, they, they yeah. intercut him talking, and he has this really bad habit of looking like a pretentious fop because he like he, he like throws his hands together like this. He interlocks his fingers and then he puts his fingers under his chin like this when he's talking, mm. and he kind of looks upward. Yeah, when he talks, so he just very, looks like he's very he's, pensive. Yeah, what a jerk off. You know? I don't, I, I, but whatever. I mean, I don't. I I have a long uh, history about my feelings with about Spielberg, and I I think he's a good filmmaker. I don't like most of his films, but I mean, something like Munich is killer. You can't yeah. get around. Yeah, Munich. I mean, Munich's great. Yeah. And Schindler's List is a very well-made movie. And uh, Jaws. You know, I never saw Jaws. Yeah, you never saw Outside Jaws of that, I don't right. know. They're all kind of mediocre to, to awful for uh, me. I don't know. It's like, it, it, I don't know. I, I think it's it's kind of hard to, like, the whole, like, commercial apologist argument. Like, yeah, he makes great, like, entertainment. You know, like, he's made a couple of films that are, like, really artistic. But I don't know. I think... Like, you know, it's for us now, it's kind of hard to separate the nostalgia, you know, like all the feelings that, you know, those movies bring back from like, you know, how good are they actually, like how much do they actually hold up? But I don't know. I don't think there's like a strong argument for him being like, like, yeah, he's a good filmmaker, but and he's influenced the industry a lot and, you know, pretty much created the blockbuster and everything. But mm. beyond that, like if we're looking at film as art, then... I don't know. I, th- I think he's got a few things there, but most of it is just entertainment. It's just fun stuff. And, and you judge it for what it is. You know, I don't think he's trying to, most of the time, be anything more than that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, like there was a, um, a documentary, The People versus George Lucas, where like Coppola was talking about how. Um, he was talking about how Star Wars made George Lucas, but also 
unmade him because you know he directed the first Star Wars movie and then he didn't direct another movie until uh, 98, 99 with uh, Phantom Menace. Hmm. And Coppola was talking about how you know you got this huge creative talent in George Lucas, but like George Lucas himself said, like he stopped making movies because he had kids. Like he like that was his thing. He wanted to stay home and and raise his kids. So, like, even though he's involved in, like, Indiana Jones and, you know, even Labyrinth and, you know, a bunch of other things up until, you know, the, you finally get around to the Star Wars movies. Like, yeah, let's say you've got THX 1138, American Graffiti, the first Star Wars, and then you've got, like, yeah, a almost 20-year gap. So, yeah, I mean, he might have been able to do some amazing movies but uh but even like after uh the uh the Star Wars prequels like it's not like he was like hey I'm back in the director's seat uh this is fun let's do some more of these Who said he was uh who said what about him now He said Coppola Coppola said Yeah, Coppola was saying that uh, Star he, Wars he, it did him and undid him. him. Yeah, I, yeah. See I I I mean I think it all depends on whether or not you think THS 1138 American Graffiti <laughs> and Star Wars are great movies. I don't. I don't find them to be anything special. I think THX Eleven Thirty Eight is is the best out of those three, and it's his student film. So I mean, I don't know. Yeah. How uh, I don't know how great of a director he ever was. You know? I don't know. I, I mean, like I liked American Graffiti a lot, and I don't know. I kind of I'm kind of with Coppola. I would have liked to seen like more films other than Star Wars by Lucas. Yeah, it might have been might have been interesting. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, I. But yeah, who Look knows, at the like, Star Wars films. His <laughs> Star Wars film is the worst of the three Star Wars films. The most poorly directed. It looks cheap. Like compared to Empire Strikes Back, like Empire Strikes Back is like a Coppola well, film. It's yeah. dark and brooding. It has a style to it. Yeah, yeah like, Urban Kirshner. Yeah, direct the movie. Like, like there is a reason they they got him out of the director's chair for those last two films. Well, yeah. look at I mean, look yeah, at the prequels. They're awful. Like yeah. nobody likes the prequels. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean well, very few. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he's he's not a good director, and that's fine, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, he might have been had he not had he I don't know done he, like, done different things. I mean, like THX 1138 is a is a sci fi movie, but it's like yeah. as far away from Star Wars as I mean I can think of. It's not it's not for yeah. kids, you know. No, and I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. I just don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Maybe he, that's the argument though. Is like maybe if he had done other things, I agree. And, like, if he had polished, done other things, I agree. Like he would have might polished up his directing. Yeah, yeah it's entirely possible. Um, but yeah, somebody who gives up directing for family though isn't. I mean, that's not somebody I want directing movies anyway. Like they don't. They clearly don't. I mean, I'm just like they don't have any passion for it. Clearly, if that's what they. Oh, it's not important enough to me. I want to raise my kids. Okay, then. I mean, like your films probably aren't going to be very good anyway. If you aren't that passionate about them. I want somebody whose family falls apart because they're that invested <laughs> in the movie. You watch, watch, uh, I mean, it's not a joke. Like, watch um, Hearts of Darkness and, I mean, Coppola loses oh, yeah. his mind making Apocalypse Now. And it, mm. I mean, that's why it's such a good movie. Yeah, I mean, you got to take risks for great art. That's true. Not to say you should abandon <laughs> your family either. Because Jordan uh, is a family sometimes man. Sometimes you so. should. Sometimes you should. Yeah. See, well, you got to balance the two. Maybe. Yeah, find the balance. Or I mean, not, not that you leave your family, but you you drive them away because you're so they leave you. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's uh, completely necessary, or healthy. But uh, I don't think it's completely necessary. I just yeah. think it. I mean, it happens. That's something that happened, 
And yeah. I think had he not been so passionate and exacting about that film, it wouldn't have happened. Okay. Yeah, I and can I mean, agree with that. That's what makes that film that's good. What, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Those are the consequences, exactly, I guess. Yeah. That's what and you're I, saying. And I mean, yeah, I, mean I, don't, I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> you're okay with those consequences. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that his, I mean, his, I don't know that his marriage even fell apart. You know, I'm sure, I know there was a lot of tension, but I mean. Yeah. You know. But there was a lot of tension on that on yeah, that set on just that in set general. Anyway. So, yeah. Well, um, what else have you been watching, Kevin? Let's see. Uh, after our discussion the other day, I watched Thirteenth uh, Warrior, and oh, yeah. like I said in my letterbox review, I can see why so many people voted for this movie. <laughs> this is a really good movie. Like um, Antonio you know, Banderas. The, Antonio Banderas, Omar Sharif, like, I, and I was reading something like Omar Sharif just took a big steaming crap on this movie, and I'm like, dude, like, I get that you, I get that you, like, yeah, I mean, he's dead. Uh, well, it's like, dude, like, I get that you were in Lawrence of Arabia, and you know, uh, doc, in you, you're Doctor Zhivago or whatever, but like, it's not that. Anyway, the movie people is, like that though who. Who who compare this movie to a David Lean movie? Just yeah, like, like don't even talk. Like, is it, like obviously you don't understand cinema at all, and you yeah, think everything like, needs to be a, a like an epic or some kind yeah, of beautifully yeah. photographed. You know, which this movie is, but like you think yeah, it's yeah. conventional. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah it's like some kind of conventional all, all standards. Of yeah, it's like, but yeah, John McTiernan made a great movie, and like, um, yeah, it's a great. It's a great telling of the Beowulf story. All the actors in it are really good. Um, like the the scene where the uh, they, the the fire serpent is coming and it's the line of fire and like you see it from a distance in the mist. It's beautiful. Yeah. And then when you see like uh, all the horses carrying the torches and they're like going back and forth and then they come, you know, like they get into a formation. It's fantastic. How about my favorite scene in the whole movie is where he kills the first one of them himself, and then he, he and the mask comes off, and he realizes it's just a man, and he says, "Yeah, he's a man. It's just he's a man. He's a man. He's a man." Uh, yeah, yeah. And he's like walking back, and then he just realizes, like, oh, they're just men. Like we can kill as many as we can. And then he starts yeah, fighting yeah. Again, and he gets yeah. really injured. Yeah, I haven't seen this great. in so long, but like it's you, amazing. you uh, mentioning that, I'm like, yeah. that brings brings it back. It's yeah, sure. yeah. It's, great. it's a it, yeah, it's I a really good movie. I need to go rewatch. And the three shields duel, yeah, that, which, it that was great. Rules. That rules. Yeah, <laughs> and then, like uh, and like the guys reasoning for it too afterwards. You know, like yeah. they've been watching us since we got here. They've been planning for it, mm-hmm. but now they have to plan for something that they can't predict. Right. So so good. Better than Name of the Rose. No. <laughs> much, better, but a good much movie. better than Name of the Rose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. Eight, eight out of five, obviously. So you would, you wouldn't have voted on I the. I gave uh, it a four and a half. But medieval, yeah, me too. For this one, so. so your your vote stands. My vote stands for the Name of the Rose. But yeah, Thirteenth right. Warrior is a really good movie. All right, I'm gonna go check it out. Yeah. I watched a uh, short. I watched a bunch of short films uh, all in like one night because I didn't want to watch Stalker yet because it's three hours long. So I watched a bunch of short films on Canopy, and uh, the first one I watched was this short animated uh, film from Ireland called Coda from 2013, and uh, if you're into animation, you should check this out. It's um, it's really interesting. It's uh, I wouldn't call it great, but it was it definitely held my attention. Um, it's 2D, 
it's uh, you know it's all hand drawn or you know it might have been some digital stuff going on, but it's pretty much this drunk guy walks out of a pub, gets hit by a car, and he dies, and then like the character of death is like you know appears and is coming after him for the whole film, um, and then like he meets you know finally meets up with death in the in a park, and then like it gets whack gets kind of like surreal after that where like death envelops him and then he becomes like a baby and like death is like his mother carrying him around and he's asking his death his mother to like show him different things um show me the woods i want to be in the forest with the animals and i don't know it's just it gets pretty surreal um and like show me the people and i don't know it's um it's it's pretty out there but it, it was it was really good and then like the final moment of the film was was really uh, breathtaking. So uh, it was strange, but very beautiful. And then I watched uh, Get Out and Get Under, a Harold Lloyd uh, silent film, uh, you know, comedy film um, about him trying to make it to like his performance at a play, and he has all these like automobile problems, and uh, you know, it's just that kind of. Cha- not chaplain esque because he's got a different style going on, but you know it's that silent comedy, um, just goofy hijinks and like him climbing inside of the car like all the way and like reaching out of the car for a wrench from a little boy and the little boy messing with him and slamming the um, hood on his head and he's <laughs> shaking his fist at the boy and all that stuff. So uh, it was fun. I-, I enjoyed it a lot. It, it actually it made me. Uh, laugh out loud and there's a lot of like really cool stunts for the time period this was uh from 1920 mm. so gave that four stars i rewatched drive directed by nicholas winding reffin from 2011 <clears throat> and i don't really have a lot to say about it uh i've seen it a half dozen times it's good um mm. you wanted to go check this out after blade runner is that what the inspiration was no, I'd just been wanting to rewatch it for a while. I wanted to rewatch this and uh, the follow up, Only God Forgives, and yeah. didn't get around Only God Forgives, but will soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like Only God Forgives better than Drive. Okay. Which uh, I think most people would disagree with, but uh, I don't find Drive to be, especially on this rewatch, it's really like, uh, it's really just kind of like a basic uh crime kind of a sleazy crime picture Mm. and i think that uh people feel that the direction or the aesthetics or like the visuals of it elevate it and i do sort of but i mean only so much and i think that only god forgives is dealing with like more interesting themes it's uh got more interesting characters and it's set in a more interesting locale which is uh thailand um but so I mean I like Drive a lot, but it's just not I don't it's not like a masterpiece for me. I think Refn has done better things. Mm. Uh, so, but yeah, Gosling's good in it. I mean, would only God forgives be your favorite Refn? Absolutely, yeah. It's not even close. Uh, better I than mean, Bronson? Yeah, I don't. I'm, Bronson's not, <laughs> not tall, not high on my list. I, okay. I, I like Valhalla Rising better than Bronson. But, okay, but uh, but I mean I like Bronson too. I, I've liked everything except Pusher. Mm. I didn't like, first film. Yeah, I didn't care for that, but I I think I was expecting it to be something else. And uh, and he mm. does like Pusher two and Pusher three. Yeah, I haven't watched those yet. Yeah. He, did, he did a movie called Fear X, which I also haven't watched yet. But uh, mm. I'm planning. I own all of them, so I'm planning okay. on watching them. 
and mm. uh, he did most recently the Neon Demon, which was very good. Uh. Uh, also, I think is probably better than Drive, uh, but I think he's just getting more and more detached and esoteric, which makes it more interesting. For I think I think that's that's his space that he should be playing in. Uh, he shouldn't be doing these straightforward action movies. And, and like his casting is really weird. Like like Ron Perlman is in it, and he's just I don't know. It's just weird seeing him. And like he plays this like gangster, <laughs> and it's like it's like it's Ron Perlman. I don't know. <laughs> and Brian Cranston is in it, who I remember liking a lot in it, but now he just feels like he's overacting like really hard in it, and. uh He's got some like good moments and he's charming and everything, but he's mm. just so like he's got this weird accent that he affects throughout the film. Mm. I don't know. And what do you think of uh, Albert Brooks in the movie? Yeah, Albert Brooks is another one. I don't think Albert Brooks is the least weird one to me. I think a lot of people think that it's, it's weird that he plays a villain, but I mean, I haven't seen a lot of Albert Brooks films, so it didn't really bother me. I was just like, yeah. hey, he's he's fine as the villain. He's very evil. <laughs> and uh and but he's also just kind of like a slimy businessman kind of guy you know and i think yeah. he plays that really well yeah i'm only, like the only, i really i think the only other thing i've seen him in is taxi driver and i mean he's uh, he's barely in it and who's he in taxi driver funny he's sybil shepherd's partner at the place where oh she yeah, yeah 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 he's, yeah, he's, he's good in that in it, but i mean but, he's yeah, funny he's just a funny. comic relief in it pretty I mean, much yeah yeah but that's like and there's like you know 40 years separating the film so it doesn't yeah. really it doesn't bother <laughs> me to see him as a villain in this yeah yeah anyway all right. Yeah. See, I rewatched Heat. I have to say, like, this is one that I feel, like, stands alone, like, as far as, like, crime dramas. It elevates the genre itself, but it stands above the genre. Um, like, my, my only beef with the movie is that it... it I felt it was a little too long, um, and so, and some of the some of the story threads I thought could have been resolved better, like the whole thing with Natalie Portman. Um, but other and you know, like I, I wanted I wanted De Niro to be the cold, calculating guy that he claim that he claims to be in that scene in the coffee shop with Pacino. He is that guy, but no, he's out for revenge too. It's like, dude, just go, get out of there. Yeah, but he makes the mistake of. I mean, I think yeah. the part of that is that, yeah, okay, he lets his ego get the better of him. He wants to go take yeah, care yeah. of that guy. But also, I mean, he's making a mistake in the other direction, too. He's he's with this woman. Yeah, he's trying, yeah. trying to take her with him, which is not part of the plan that he describes in the coffee yeah. shop scene. Well, it's, because it's you've got to be ready to walk away from the women. You've got to yeah. walk away from anything, relationships and everything. But I think that's one of the good things about the movie. Like, you get you get so invested in De Niro, like, you don't want to see him do the, do these things. Sure. So, like, I, I would chalk that up to, you know, Michael Mann's writing and directing and De Niro's acting. And, uh, but it yeah. Is, like, isn't and that, like, like, a good thing, though? Like, a film could bring you to that place yeah, where you're, that's, you're that's so invested. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm like, saying. Like, it beca- might, because... It's beca- tragic. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's tragic, and you don't want to see it happen, so you're like, no! But, uh, but, yeah, and, like, I love the fact that Pacino, like... You know, he's not like the first scene where he's like going to work as a cop, like he's, you know, explaining the crime scene, but he's doing it like he does it in such a way where it's not he's not like some super sleuth like Sherlock Holmes or something. He's just a guy who's seen it a million times and he knows all the little details by now. So he can just so he can just do it. I love the scene when he uh, when he 
goes to that place where they met, <clears throat> yeah. and then he realizes they're watching us, and he goes, we just got made. Yeah. And then it cuts to uh, De Niro, and he's taking pictures of him. Mm. Yeah, it's great. That's good. That yeah. movie rules. It's This is one of my favorite films of all time. I yeah, love it was like so much. six or seven on your top yeah. ten? No, 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 it's not in my top ten, but it's oh, in okay. my top okay. twenty or thirty for sure. And, uh, okay. I, mean, it's, I need to go back and rewatch this. This and Last of the Mohicans, for me, are Michael Mann's masterpieces, and I think... Uh, this is the crime picture. There's I, no crime picture that's as good yeah, as Yeah, like the, the only thing that is in any way sort of comparable, I would say, is The Wire. But that's, again, it's a totally different thing. It's, it's TV and it's long yeah. form. Yeah. But yeah, like I can't think of any other crime drama that does what this movie does as well as it does it. Mm-hmm. Dark Knight. Val and, and Val Kilmer is great in this, and Tom Sizemore is amazing in this. Yeah, like all the acting rules. I really John Voight was yeah, fantastic. John Voight's great in it. Yeah, yeah. Like, Tom Noonan even in his little. Yeah, yeah. He plays that really well. Just this. Yeah, like, and uh, weird... Dennis uh, Dennis Haysbert, which like yeah. most people will know him from the Allstate commercials, but like <laughs> you know people forget. Oh yeah, he's an actor. I think he played the president in Twenty Four. I guess. Uh, uh, also, um, and he was in uh, the second Sin City movie. The guy who plays Magua in uh, in Last of the Mohicans, the villain in Last of the Mohicans, plays one of the FBI agents. Oh yeah, and, uh, he's, yeah, he's Wes too. something or Wes other. Studi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Studi. Really, really great film. I, I for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some one of the. I mean, it goes without saying, but one of the all time great shootout scenes. Oh um, yeah, for with, sure. At the bank robbery, just incredible. Yeah, because like the gunshots are so loud, yeah. like it really puts you like right in there with them. Yeah, well, absolutely. yes. Speaking of crime drama. Uh-oh. I uh I wasn't here last week for point break, so I'm going to mm. dish in on on that real quick before we move on. Um, well, I got two more movies to talk about, but Okay. Well, I'm going to talk about <laughs> oh, this for a I'm little sorry. bit. I'm sorry. Three more because we have to talk about Blade Runner too. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh I really enjoyed Point Break. I uh I had a lot of fun watching it. I agree with you, John. It's really strong direction from Bigelow. Um Again, like I, I had said on, you know, I guess it was the late spring episode, I kind of remembered this as that cheesy 90s action flick um, just from my youth. But, yeah, rewatching it, I can see how it really stands above that. I mean, I, there are some problems, and I think it does have some cheesy moments. Um, but overall, but the direction I really appreciated from Bigelow, like that scene where they're walking into the FBI office in the beginning, that long yeah. tracking shot, yeah. just amazing. amazing. Like, mm. and they introduce all the different characters, establish Keanu, establish uh, his superior. We don't drink, uh, and we sure as hell don't smoke. <laughs> sir, I, I take the skin I stand off the chicken. The chicken. <laughs> yeah, so, good man. So, so good. I love how at that whole scene is he's talking to him about how healthy he should be. And the last thing he does is he, he grabs a the, donut. He's like, I love these. I things. love these things. <laughs> so you can tell he's just trying to be. A dick there yeah, yeah. Uh, so good um i thought blue flame special <laughs> i thought uh i thought Busey was great in it mm. um swayze was great in it like swayze just really owned that role like the yeah. whole bodhi guru like cult leader guy um i just thought like he really worked for it as an actor uh he just fit right into it like a glove he was great um keanu is keanu is my note like i don't know if it's just i don't know like he wasn't bad i didn't really have like a big problem with keanu in it but it's it's just hard for me to take him seriously sometimes like and i don't know if it's just like his line readings the way he's the way he's delivering some of these lines or if it's the writing but like it it does just come off a little stiff like he's like 
when they when they capture him and they, they're uh, in the van and he's like, "Wake up, call! I am an FBI agent." That's his strongest act in the whole film. <gasps> no, that's man. amazing. It's so stiff. It just sounds so awkward. I know, man. Like, ain't it cool? Ain't it wild? <laughs> ain't it cool? Uh, I mean, that was a good scene, but it, I don't know. And then like. He he's uh he's calling Tyler to like try and make up with him on the phone. Man, why he's like, why can't I ever say what I want? Damn it! <laughs> he's great. It's just so like I screwed uh, up. I'm an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's he's like he's in these dramatic moments. I don't know. It's just hard for me to take him seriously. Loved it. Um, Utah, Utah, give me two. Give me two. Give me that, two. Give me that two. was great. I love that line with Busey. Give me two. Utah, give me two. Uh, he leans out of the window. Two. 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 Yeah. Utah. Two. Um, the opening. Man, I can eat three of these. I'm starving. Uh, yeah, all of Busey's <laughs> like, I can eat the dead ass out of a rhino or something like that. He was just like coming with this crazy stuff. Um, but yeah, the opening credits that was pretty rough. Uh, really cheesy. Like the intercutting between Utah and the range. You know, the firing range and Bodie surfing. Like I was like, okay, this is gonna be the cheesy action movie. I thought it was. 100% Utah, like his cheese, cheesy grin and his thumbs Great. up. Like, I he was did like, a good job. He's being transferred. He he's won. so he's yeah. so over the top and happy of that moment. Uh, Wouldn't you be? Um, I would. I was like, I was watching it with uh, the girl Tyler. I was like, where have I seen that girl before? I was like, Lord oh, Petty. that's uh, Lord, Lord Petty. But I was like, where she looks really familiar. Oh, yeah, she was in, in the army now with Polly Shore. <laughs> she was in, uh, was she my, played Gina Davis's sister in A League of Their Own. She's Tank Girl. She's Tank Girl. She's also seen... in uh, Orange is the New Black. Yeah, yeah. But she's really good in that. So I haven't seen any of that. But she was um, basically the same character in In the Army now. Um, the girl. She's a like, surfer? Well, she is the tough girl that takes on like a goofy dude under her wing to like teach him the ropes, kind of. So, mm. Some correlation there. Um, the When they're on the beach, like when he first meets Bodie. The, the football uh, scene? No, not the football <laughs> scene. Where like. Um, Bodie's out surfing, and he's talking. Uh, Keanu and uh, Laura Petty are talking, and it cuts like it cuts between them on the beach, and like you know, you can just tell the ocean's like nice and calm. But then they cut to Bodie, and it's like surfs up, dude, and he's like on these giant waves. I'm like, that's some rough editing. That really stuck out to me. I didn't notice that. Um, Saved your life, bro. Close one. <laughs> That's a, that's a comic beat. Yeah. yeah. No, and, okay. and that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That was Keanu being Keanu. Um, definitely a bromance going on between uh, Swayze and Keanu there. That's the you, point. I know. <laughs> you want me so bad, it's like acid in your mouth. <laughs> so good. You, wait, what does that mean? Are you saying that you're like reading that it's like a, a homosexual thing? There are some, some undertones there. I don't, I don't no, I mean, entirely. I'm just I'm joking. But You yeah. want me like you want so, the collar. You want to arrest me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously. It, but, you Don't know. try to make things that are there. It's a there. romance. It's, it's playful. Um, he's like, you can come over to my house tonight. We're having a party. You know? They're having he's, a party. He's, he's asking, licking a girl's breasts when he gets there. <laughs> yeah. I think he's heterosexual. Not that there's anything wrong with being homosexual. Uh, but I, obviously, these characters are not I know. homosexual. I'm, I'm just poking fun at it. <laughs> um, the surfing at night scene was kind of rough. Um, one, the overdub was really noticeable, and then like you can really tell it's shot during the day. Yeah, so what? Like I don't know. That was distracting. How would you shoot that at night, Jordan? Again, I don't know, but it, I was like, oh god, there's no is... light in the ocean. I mean, I, I know, but it's like, all right, either don't show it or set it during well, the day. Well, they have to do the night, the night mission. What do you say? Know. 
Yeah. We're going on a night mission. They, I don't know. Gets in that beautiful more exciting. surfboard. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's his first time, like, really catching a wave, and yeah. he's mm-hmm. excited about it. And then yeah. He, yeah. And he's hanging out with Lord Petty afterwards. So. I mean, yeah. I love okay, that. but <laughs> all that aside, the raid scene. So good. Yeah, the good. chase scenes, yeah. so good. Like all the action in this film, the skydiving, everything, mm. just amazing. Even the car chase. I, mean, I forgot to mention the car chase before the foot chase is amazing oh, yeah. and yeah. incredibly shot and like really easy to follow. Oh like, yeah. I'm never confused about the geography of where people are. It's always just like I totally understand what's going. But on. But I love the yeah. chase scene. How they just like run into people's houses and yeah. he's smashing through windows and like mm-hmm. he throws the dog at him at yeah. some point. It's like that's he, ridiculous. He drop kicks the dog. He drop. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's his uh, football great. coming back yeah. to help uh, him out. Um, yeah, I thought all the action was great. I like when they do emergency sanitation and he burns the car with the uh, gas hose. Yeah. yeah, and he's got the Reagan mask yeah, on. Is like so like <laughs> epic. So I don't know. topical. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so great. Yeah, I thought it was uh, how they kept having him uh, hurt his knee. I thought like he mentioned that earlier on in the film, and then like when he's chasing him and he falls on his knee and he you know can't get him. Does that famous shoot in the air oh scene i thought that was good and they they kind of bring that back a couple times um i love the skydiving when they're messing with his mind about the shoot they're like he's like who packed my shoe this one's set for yeah. a neck breaker yeah, <laughs> yeah that was so Here, good use mine no use um, mine but probably my favorite scene we're gonna jump or jerk off yeah <laughs> we're gonna jump <laughs> he has like those one-liters I don't he's know. amazing he's, yeah he's well, just, i guess we're gonna jump i guess we're gonna jump <laughs> Well, they, I mean, he's having a blast, you know. He's having, and it's such a weird, yeah. You know, I like how they explore the relationship between, like, he's an FBI agent, but he's like, in he's like also integrated in that group, and like mm. he's kind of torn between the two. Yeah, he's like, just having his, a great time skydiving. Yeah. But then the scene after that, where uh, Swayze brings him into the back of the van and shows him the footage of Tyler being held hostage, like, so good, man. He's like, I don't want to hurt anybody, you know. It's like. Oh man, yeah. Swayze was really great, and I don't know, just that, just the plot turn there. I'm like, you know, I'm watching it. I'm like, where's this gonna go? Like, you know, how's this gonna go from like, is he just gonna get buds again with them, or like, how, how, you know, what's gonna happen? And that was just like a great move upon you know the script and the direction. It was like they really bring in emotional impact, and he, you know, Keanu's character is just sucked deeper into their whole. Uh, you know, robbery situation. So mm. I thought that was great. Um, the end in Australia, the coda, as y'all said, Bodhi's suicide via wave. I thought that was that was pretty pretty great. And there, uh, where he handcuffs them after their fight, like he handcuffs them in the. Um, you know, he he thinks he's beat them, and then like Swayze pulls up his arms and he's uh, handcuffed to him, and he's got him. And he's like, no, no. <laughs> he I wants told to catch them you'd go quietly. <laughs> uh, again, Keanu being Keanu. Um, and then he th- when they're like, you know, the other FBI shows up after he's let him go to go surf, and they're like, we'll catch him when he comes in. And Keanu's like walking away all stoic, like, he's not coming back. That's right. A little, a little rough there, but yeah. uh, then he throws the badge in the water. I thought that was pretty great, and just cuts to black. Um, yeah, so I had a lot of fun overall. I mean, I, like I said, I had a few problems um, here and there with it, but I thought it was it was pretty great. I thought definitely direction was strong. Mm. Cool. Love those chasings. Cool. Well, I uh, 
I'll talk about my last two before Blade Runner because one of them was a short film. I, I watched uh, the first short film in Showpieces, oh, Act okay. of Faith, mm-hmm. which uh, reminded me a lot of British television. You want to set up Showpieces for those oh, who don't I know? I can't. You, okay. Do you want to set up Showpieces, Kevin? Okay. <laughs> uh, Showpieces is a series of short films that Alan Moore, the man who's responsible for Watchmen from Hell, a lot of good comics he did with this photographer, Mitch Jenkins, and it centers around a couple of characters in Northampton, and some really weird stuff starts to go down. So yeah, so I watched Act of Faith, and uh, I didn't know anything about these things going into them except that Alan Moore was involved. Mm. And uh, I'm not, I'm not thrilled with the first one, but only because it's really feels really like kitschy, kind of like the whole the whole idea of the story of this woman who uh, is you know doing some kind of sexual role playing, mm-hmm. and then of course. Uh, you know, at the end, it goes wrong. Yeah, you know, and then I, I, I don't, I don't know how. I don't mean, I don't. Know, it just feels a little like, it feels like a little simplistic and uh, cheap and easy kind of for a for. It, I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. But I started watching Jimmy's End, the second mm. one on the disc, and uh, that's a that's already a little more interesting. It's it's getting weird, and uh, yeah, I'm. I'm I've uh, the synopsis on the letterbox says it's Lynchian, which I can see it being that way. I'm really hoping it doesn't. Like, it says I, I, that in the synopsis in on on letterbox. Oh, on letterbox it says yeah. it's a Lynchian story of this guy Jimmy who does this and this in a bar or whatever. Anyways, but uh, it's uh, I don't like it when things are Lynchian if yeah. they're not directed by Lynch. So I, yeah. I, I may not be interested yeah. in that either. But I'm gonna I'm gonna watch them. Okay, but. Uh, yeah, so I watched that. Anyway, uh, I don't, and I don't, I don't rate short films, so I didn't, don't have a rating for it. Um, but I watched uh, Chopper, 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 Chopper for the oh. first time, which is uh, Andrew Dominic, uh, his first feature. Mm-hmm. Chopper is uh, about a guy uh, named Chopper Reed. Who is a a really interesting character? Actually, be, uh, I'd say he's more interesting. He's more complex than Bronson mm. in the the film version of Bronson. In that he uh, he's like he cares what people think about him. Uh-huh. It seems like, and he's a liar and he's a manipulator, but he's also really charming and people like him. And uh. it's it's just weird. It's like, and he's not like a brawler like uh, like you know Bronson. That's the whole movie is just him fighting people. Yeah, and, you know. <laughs> but this movie is like. He doesn't really. He gets violent a few times, but it's never like I was expecting him to really lose control at some point. And like, mm. but he never loses control. Like he's always to, even when he's doing things that are violent, he's like totally chill. Right. And it's really interesting. Uh, and it's shot really, really well. And it's got some really like interesting. Uh, like he uses a lot of slow mo and a lot of uh, speed ramping and stuff. And it, he does one thing I've never seen anybody do, which is really cool. Where they they do cocaine in one scene. And uh, he speeds everything up, so everybody's moving really quickly. But they're but when they talk, it's like a normal voice. Like they overdub their speech, oh. so it's just like a normal voice. But yeah. so it's just like they're, they're experiencing everything really quick, you know. And it doesn't last very long, but it's pretty. I thought it was a pretty interesting uh, idea. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's a good. I mean, it's, you know, it's a solid, solid picture. I'd, I'd watch it again. And I like Andrew Dominic's one of my favorite living directors. I think at the moment, I mean, he's 
he's never done anything that's like less than stellar. So he did uh, assassination of Jesse James. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Killing them softly. Killing them. Yeah, oh, killing okay. them softly. Which is amazing. Just amazing. Check that out. Right. Chopper. But so uh, that's get... it for me, except for we watch Blade Runner. All right. Kevin watched Blade Runner. Do you Runner, have something so else, Jordan? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. I also rewatched uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which... Um, Jordan's favorite film of all... No, second favorite film of all time? Third favorite film of not, all time? It's on my top ten, but... I want to say uh, it's like eight or, eight nine, or nine or something, or something like that. that. So not, not really ten. that good at all, then. Oh, it's yeah. I mean, awful. top yeah, ten, it's, it's awful. I mean, yeah. Number eight. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's awful. Yeah. I like it a lot. Piece of yeah. junk. Um... There, there were aspects of the movie that I really enjoyed, but like, uh, and this is this is one of those movies that I like. I don't necessarily understand the hype around it because um, it's awesome. I mean, what, what el- is what the else? hype around it? Yeah, like people, people constantly it's on my name- top ten. You got a problem with that? Yeah, obviously. Uh, like people constantly reference it as some like uh, like one of their like movies that really blew them away with cinema. Mm. I don't know. It seems like a lot, at least a lot of my friends, I've like college freshmen would say that. So like a lot, a lot of people liked it and that hyped it up for you. No, you (laughs) come on. You know what he's saying. I know what you mean. Yeah. People hold this up. Like it's some kind of masterpiece of cinema. And it's, I mean, yeah. And I, I personally, I personally do not. I mean, like, all of the all of the dream stuff I think is really great, but um, when you get out of that, when it's just Mark Ruffalo and uh, Kirsten Dunst and Elijah Wood, like it just gets real goofy and uh, silly. What's and wrong with that? It's not funny, not entertaining. Come on, uh, I find I, I don't I don't. It sounds like you dislike it. I don't dislike it. I I think it's good. I don't. And I, there was a time when I felt the same way that Jordan feels about it. Uh. But I feel like it is like one of these things where it's like, when I saw Boondock Saints the first time, I thought it was a masterpiece yeah. of cinema. Yeah. But it's because I hadn't seen anything. Yeah, And yeah, yeah. when you see other things and you realize that yeah. you know, Gondry's not really doing anything that terribly interesting. I think the best thing about Eternal Sunshine is that it, it works emotionally. Whereas yeah, yes. you wouldn't think it would because it's like a very, it's like a spectacle movie. But the emotions are really strong in it, yeah. and it's very affecting. Yeah, I would, I would agree and that's with man, that. Yeah. That's mainly where I'm coming from, too. I mean, yeah, I love, you know, Gandhi's direction and, like, all the in-camera tricks and, you know, the quirkiness and stuff. But I just remember when I left the theater watching that film, it's probably, like, up there on emotional experiences for me. It was just like, yeah. oh, it hit me in the gut, like... And in kind of like a depressing, you know, low point, <laughs> um, but still that a film could make you feel that way and yeah. like connect with. Well, that's you the thing too. Way. Like, like when when a piece of art finds you, yeah, you know, you're go- you're going to have a you know more or less visceral reaction. Yeah, and I can appreciate what's going on in it better now, but I still don't think that it's a uh, remarkable piece of cinema. All right. Well, you're entitled to be wrong. So thank you. It's cool. I will talk about something that is horrible. <clears throat> <laughs> um, and I want to say real quick, I've started watching Stalker, but I haven't finished it, so I'm not going to talk about it until I'm done. So sorry, guys. I know big disappointment. I tried to watch it last night, and then 
my daughter dumped water all over my uh, wife's computer and tablet. So that ended that. And then I uh, started it today on my lunch break. So I got like 45 minutes in. Uh, That's good so far. Uh, Two things in connection with Blade Runner that I want to talk about. Um, There are some short films that they have made um, to kind of give some of the backstory of Blade Runner 2049. Jordan watched them so you don't have to. So, exactly. Uh, I watched 2036 Nexus Dawn. Which is about it just like sounds good. It sounds like it's going to be a winner. It's, it's totally <laughs> Nexus from uh, Luke Scott, who uh, apparently has done like some other short films for Alien stuff, like Alien Covenant. I think he did one. Um, it's this got Ridley's son or something. I maybe I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's about five or six minutes. It's a piece of crap. Um, I gave it one star. It's it's basically like Jared Leto's character from the film. Uh, in 2036, talking to like these other bureaucrats, I guess, in a room about why they should allow replicants to be made again. And he has like a replicant guy with him, and he reveals to them that he's made a replicant. And you know, they're all like, "Oh, you're breaking the law!" And he's like, "I need to. Sh- I'm going to show you how you know my replicants are better, and they obey." So he he tells the uh, replicant to like break up a uh, glass, like a glass cylinder in front of him and takes like the shard and he tells him like you have one choice my life or your life and then the replicant guy like stabs himself in the neck and dies and they're all like oh this is horrible and he's like gives some big long speech and then stares at him even though he's blind uh and then it ends and it was it was really bad it looked really cheap um (laughs) and then i also watched blade runner blackout 2022 which is a uh, short animated, like anime style film uh, from Watanabe. I don't know how to pronounce his first name, but he directed like uh, Cowboy Bebop and some of the stuff in Animatrix. I gave that half a star because it was even worse and it was longer. It was like 25 minutes long. For those um, who don't know, like Jordan's kind of baseline. Is it about for, uh, yeah, like typically, like even if Jordan doesn't like something, he'll maybe give it like you know two and three quarters, maybe three. So this is like he hated this yeah, stuff. Apparently, this was, yeah, I was way off my baseline. You were, <laughs> um, yeah. This was just the epitome of stereotypical like action sci-fi anime. Mm. Really weak characters. Really horrible. Like to the utter extreme voice acting and like uh it's just so bad that dialogue like all right so there's a a black guy who's like a replicant and there's like a young pretty blonde like dollish looking replicant of course um you know who he finds in the alley being accosted by these sleazy guys and they're like come on honey that's why uh, that's why you were made. And, you know, they're like about the raper or whatever. And then the, the black guy shows up and he's like, and this is why I was made. And he pulls out a gun and then he just like kills them all like in this over the top gratuitous violence. Uh, and then they proceed to like send an EMP uh, missile in the air to black out the world so that, you know, replicants can like blend in with humanity or whatever. And they drive a big like tanker into the, archives to burn that down and uh, they both die uh it was really bad 
Uh, and especially like comparing it to the feature film, like even if you didn't like the feature film, uh, 2049, it makes this stuff look so cheap and rushed and just mm. a big pile of crap. Uh, don't watch it. Uh, I, I rewatched uh, Blade Runner, directed by Ridley Scott from 1982. Final Cut? The Final Cut saw it in the uh, Dolby uh, Theater at uh, 16, which is the only theater to go to. And uh, the Dolby, that is, not just 16, but the Dolby inside oh, okay. 16. You must, right. must go to Dolby. Did you guys see 2049 in Dolby? No, we uh, saw it at the Mall of Louisiana one. Regular. Big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so Kevin, you rewatched this also? Yeah, I rewatched it at home. The final cut? Yeah, final okay. cut. Yeah. Like the first one I ever saw was the director's cut. And I tried to watch the theatrical version once, but I got to the scene where he's eating the sushi. Yeah. And I was like, no. That's so about I, where I, I can't I, deal with this. You're about two minutes in then? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's about as far as I Basically, got to yeah. with the theatrical. Because I, I just could not, I could not deal with it. The, the language narrative. was city speak. <laughs> so <laughs> bad. Old, old the worst. That's what my wife called me. Sushi. <laughs> so bad. <sighs> The worst, the worst of the well, worst. I don't think anybody uh, watches the theatrical cut with any kind of uh, reverence. Anymore. Apparently, uh, Denis does, the director. Oh. And uh, Guillermo del Toro, for whatever reason. Well, Guillermo these are nostalgic reasons, I think. Because uh, <laughs> they're like, oh, well, we grew up with this version. Yeah. And uh, they prefer that, like, just for, I don't know, I mean, that's I guess, just gross immediate on the, experience. That's but. just gross even on the terms of, I mean... Ridley Scott disowns that version, so yeah. he's the director. So I want to yeah. watch the version that he wants. Exactly. You know, I I won't. I, I even. I mean, I don't watch director's cut, even though I think it's better. Mm. But he final cuts his cut, so yeah. that's, that's what I'm. Why watch. not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, uh, you know. But anyways, this uh, movie is uh, you know pretty amazing, and uh, I don't. I don't have a lot to say about it except for I mean, I'll, I'll be comparing certain things to the sequel, obviously, but. Um, I will say that uh, that like as far as well, I don't get to that yet. Hang on, okay. So the first thing I'll say is uh, yeah. Rutger Hauer is amazing in this. He yeah. is brilliant. Everything like, he does, every line he utters, yeah, is perfect. And uh, the writing in this film is so incredibly good. Uh, yes, just like it's so. Um, it's not like a. It's not that it's a puzzle box movie, but it's just that they're not. You know, it's like it's like you hear uh, like in your short story classes in college. They say show don't tell, mm. and this movie is showing everything. It's not telling you anything. Yeah, and it's that's what's great about it, in my opinion. And that's something that Ridley Scott's lost as a director, in my opinion. He doesn't do that anymore. He's very commercial now. He very he's very leery to not tell you things. Mm. So there's not there's like the expo- the amount of exposition in this movie is negligible. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, which is perfect. Exactly yeah. what it should be. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's a, it's a masterpiece and, uh, Harrison Ford is so good. I mean, it's pro it's probably his best performance. Yeah. Um, he's just really, really good in this. I mean, everybody is, uh, the scene when he, uh, when, uh, Rudger Hauer goes with, uh, F, F, 
what is J.F. Sebastian? J.F. Sebastian. Yeah. To the uh, to the Tyrell's uh, penthouse. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That scene. So awesome. Where they debate. It's so amazing. Where they debate whether or not he can get more life. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I need more life, father. Yeah. yeah. And it, yeah, like this killer. Uh, <laughs> so good. And when he when he gouges his eyeballs. Yeah, it becomes this operatic. Uh, yeah. You know, kind of murder scene. It's just an incredible yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a great so scene. good. Like, uh, yeah, and. Um, <laughs> Even like Harrison Ford's like sort like sort of like goofy moments like hi Miss Salome and <laughs> like I'm from the uh, confidential committee on moral abuses. <laughs> that would be the so scene great. that you point yeah. out. <laughs> what? So that would be the scene that you point out. Well, obviously, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and like so you when, can do the voice. Well, like well, like later, like you you go from that to like within like three three or four minutes like he's like convulsed like on the verge of convulsions like looks like he's about to like throw up because he just he's just ended this woman's life yeah it goes and gets a drink well yeah it goes and gets like a big thing of uh rice beer (laughs) sing tao it's it's rice beer um i believe you yeah but uh but yeah like to go to go from that to like one from like one like extreme of like kind of goofiness to like this really hardcore emotional scene he does it so well and where she shatters through the glass yeah she falls through the, through the glass and he's like shoot and he's yeah. shooting her as she's running and you've got uh vangelis's score going on in the background god it's amazing it's i uh i also like the um detail of the 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 environment Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like how everything looks very lived in and, and rained on and d- dirty and disgusting. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's something, a little teaser for our deep dive. It's something that's really, really missing from 2049 and uh, mm. the staggering amount of detail. And um, yeah. So, and about Vangelis's score, I will say I like the score. It doesn't blow me away like it does some other people. And I think that there are parts of it that are very good. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, it's not like, it's, I don't know, there are parts of it that are like pretty bad, actually, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree. The scene when he, uh, he's seducing, well, not seducing, he's essentially commanding Rachel to have sex with him. The for saxophone? The yeah, the saxophone and the piano. It's like is, porno music. It's brutal, yeah. yeah, it's rough. But I don't mind it because that scene is still really good, even like morally and ethically, it's like complicated what he's doing because he's telling her you know, say, kiss me. Yeah. And it's like, it seems like rapey and gross, but at the same time, it's like, she's not a human being. So it's like, like, it's like when you said, it's like when you said in the, in the anime that they try to rape her, I don't know if I call that rape. Like she's not a person. Yeah. yeah, So it's like, I I don't know. It's like, it's like, it reminds me of like Westworld where it's like these people, like they're, they're robots. They're not people. Yeah. So they try to make you feel like, like, like she is morally compromised about it. But, I mean, and but that's the genius of it because they're yeah. begging that question, like, exactly. what is yeah. human? Yeah. Well, she even says, like, you know, she like starts to say that like she can't trust whether she's she's in love with him or if it's you know the memories that she's been implanted with that are that are making her feel this way right. towards him. So it's like, but he's like, we're in love, just go with it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because like they so. they look they they look into each other's eyes when they're sitting at the piano. Exactly. You know? You know, he just, uh, he's got to tap that. So, uh, let's, uh, you want to move on to this? I'm going to move on into the deep dive for, yes. uh, Blade Runner 2049. 
It's about a young Blade Runner's discovery of a long-buried secret, which leads him to track down former Blade Runner Rick Deckard, otherwise known as Harrison Ford, who's been missing for 30 years. So, I'm kind of... I know I know how y'all felt about this film. Now, listeners probably don't, but uh, I think we're going to start off with Kevin, go to me, and go to John just to vary it up a little bit. Okay. So, Kevin, give us your review, um, your deep let's dive. Let's see. Well, first of all, I would like to say, as far as, as, far as I can think back, uh, this is probably the best acting job that I've seen Ryan Gosling do. Like, this is one of the, like, very few movies where he's not Ryan Gosling. He's not the, like, he's not the guy with all the snappy comebacks and the kind of, you know, um... You should watch Only God Forgives. (laughs) I plan to, yeah. Uh, But there's kind of a a parallel there with Ford, you know, him going from, like, the snappy quippy young upstart or whatever and then doing yeah, the blade yeah. runner where he's more dour and just kind of yeah melancholic and everything so but yeah I, th- I thought he did a i thought he did a really good job um overall like um yeah overall i would like i would not say that i mean i enjoyed a lot of parts of the movie but when looking at the movie as a whole it's like mm, nah like the fact that I'm still having to think so much about all the stuff that I like was confused by or that I didn't like, like that just, you know, starts. I don't want to think more movies make me think. Well, no, like the fact that I'm thinking about how, how much is wrong with it. Oh, I see. Like, you know, like you still don't know really how you feel about it or, well, no, I, I know how I feel about it, but like, I'm just, like so much of the stuff is not explained and yeah. like you know we talked earlier about how like the first one is a very show don't tell mm-hmm. they they try to tell a little bit but they don't tell enough there's so much at the end of the movie that is unresolved and yeah. like and just so not in keeping with the logic that is set up in the movie and like uh the the score i the score i was honestly like really annoyed by through most of it cuz like there's just too much repeats of the uh boom sounds and like sound like uh sounds like hans zimmer like sampled a chainsaw or like a <laughs> bulldozer or something and then just fed it through a synthesizer and and yeah and i mean sounds like a good idea uh, I mean, if it's if it's Noy or you know Peter Gabriel, I'd say yeah, you know by all means. But this I just felt was really really poorly done. For James Horner, like his score for uh, Terminator Two, he did use frying pans to uh, uh, make the noise. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, what noise? Just a score like just some like of the, the thumping, uh, driving, uh, you know, gotcha. whatever it is. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll just let me jump in here. Go then. ahead, uh, please jump on uh, in. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're confused about, and I don't. I'm, I'm very confused about what they didn't explain because my biggest problem with the movie is that it's nothing but exposition. I mean, like, uh, there's everything is tied up, and it's very unsatisfying in that way for me. Hmm. Well, uh, I don't, I don't like. Um, okay, everybody, if you're. Up? 
Okay. Spo- obviously, we're going yeah, to spoilers. Yeah. spoilers. Okay. Yeah. Huge so, spoiler So alert. when Ryan Gosling's like, I faked your death, like, are you seriously telling me that they're not going to, like, find that pod and, like, realize that there's only, like, two dead bodies in there, one of which he is not Rick I Deckard? He said, I faked your death? To yeah. Harrison Ford? He tells, he tells him after he pulls him out, I faked your death. So, like, they're not going to... He says no, 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 words, no, no, I no, no. Yes. no he, Harrison Ford says, like, you should have let me drown. And then Ryan Gosling's like, I you did. did. Yeah, or I, I did, you, let, I did you, let you yeah, drown. Yeah, I remember that. Like, now you can go yeah, meet so, your daughter. doesn't say, I faked your death. That's yeah. the worst thing I've ever heard. Okay. <laughs> well, like, yeah, so, like, obviously, like, they're going to go down there and they're going to realize that Deckard's not dead because his body's not there. And yeah, then the, the, the whole the whole thing with the replicant revolution and, like... Let's a little bit... That first one... Before you said replicant revolution, uh-huh. that's a little bit of a nitpick, in my opinion. I mean, like, because it could be that, like, says the guy who gave it two and a half stars. Well, wow. I'm not. That, the, the, I'm just. I'm just. I'm just. I mean, are we going to talk about the movie or what? Like, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. These are not the problems I had with it. So, All like, right. yeah. the, uh, the idea that uh, that they're not going that they might find this, but yeah, I'm like, hey, yeah, I guess. But I mean, you can just assume any number of things. Maybe they can't go in that water because it's toxic, or maybe you know. The the it's too deep to look for. It doesn't even matter. Like, who well, like he says, it, it's implied <laughs> that he, his death was was uh, faked, right? It's implied that I mean, he still have to be on the run for the rest of his life, yeah. regardless. Yeah, because he can't be like living as Rick Deckard. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, I, I don't, I don't even, know. That's big. Of a, that's that big of a deal to me, anyway. And just to jump in here too, like I don't know if that moment is necessarily saying like, here I set this all up. This is this is the plan. Like we're faking your death now. But he's pretty much saying, like, I'm letting you go. When I report you know? this, mm. I'll, I won't tell, say that I've saved your life. Exactly. Even though he's not. Like, he's not saying, like, yeah, all right, this is going to be, like, logically believable. Like, you know, they won't find any evidence. But he's just kind of saying, like, I was supposed to kill you, but I'm, I'm just letting you go so you can meet your daughter. That's the, that's the beat I felt like it was trying to make. But yeah. anyway. Well, yeah, and like I, I agree with John that there is too much exposition. Like uh, the the um, when he he sees the date, and then he's and then um, you know it jogs his memory, and then like maybe ten minutes later, he's down in the forge and pulls out the horse, and then but then they give you like the the left curve with like no no the the kid was a daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh! Can we agree? I think, oh. Can we all agree? Worst scene of the movie when he realizes Easy. that it's the it's a do- she. <laughs> like she? So, so like, you mean? What do you mean she? What do you mean she? It yeah. was a son. No. <laughs> and then it was a little girl. Yeah, that yeah. is the worst. And then when she's like, "We have an army," and then all of a sudden people start yeah. walking up oh. behind her. Yeah, that was the worst. That whole, oh. That that it lady like the missing eye and everything and like her dialogue. Oh, man. Yeah. They yeah. could have just done without that moment. Uh, yeah, and like uh the replicant army. Yeah. yeah. John, what did you think of uh what did you think of Rachel? I thought it looked pretty terrible. This I thought it no, well well I, I didn't think it looked bad. I think that uh, I didn't either. I find I mean I, I don't like it because like Jordan wants to talk about it. You know, whatever uh, in that order, so I won't say. But I mean, no, you know, whatever. As far as Rachel goes, I mean, I, I'm of the opinion, and this is not going to be popular. But, 
Um, I don't understand why Harrison Ford's character is in this movie at all. Like, I don't understand why they would continue a story that is over. Yeah. Uh, it makes no sense to me. Mm. The entire, the idea that they have a baby is retarded. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, it's just the stupidest thing I could possibly think of. And it's, it's, a, it, it doesn't work for like so many reasons. And then this, this idea that, uh, the blind Jared Leto character is going to think that he can somehow manipulate Harrison Ford with what is obviously a fake version of his former wife. And then they like blow her brains out for some reason. It's just like, it's just so like, uh, over the top and yeah. And ham fisted. And I just can't stand it. I will agree with you. Like, I enjoyed that Harrison Ford wasn't in the film until like two hours in. Like I was way more interested in Gosling's character and like continuing a new story. Yeah. Then like, you know, like them bringing back Gaff, like uh, <laughs> yeah. that whole scene. I was like, oh man, you could have the uh, Edward James Edward almost, almost character. Uh, yeah, was, yeah. Little, and the fact and just like servicey, like yeah. And this uh, is going to be nitpicking too, to but like the fact that he speaks English through most of it, yeah, I'm like, I that. I get out of here with that. Like, like he does one foreign word in the entire exchange. It's like, come on, man. Although he did speak English at the end of the original film, too. Yeah. yeah. It's a shame she won't live, but who does? Yeah. But so good. Yeah. Amazing line. <laughs> yeah. But he also says it with, like, an accent, which he yeah. hasn't here. But it's been, you know, been 30 years. But it's just, like, why, like, yeah. there's no need for that scene and his character to come back. Like, yeah, he gives him yeah, sorry, yeah. some information. But I agree, like, I would have probably liked it even better I mean, I liked the film, but I would have liked it even better if it was just like no Harrison Ford, no callbacks, no or like, if you're, overt uh, homage stuff, <laughs> yeah. uh, no Rachel. Just like give me Kay and his, you know, his world and like what he's going through. I mean, mm. I that wouldn't have done it for me either. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think that they should have. I think that there's a way to make a movie that is a sequel mm. to Blade Runner. Or maybe a, a movie that takes place in the world of Blade Runner. Yeah. But it doesn't involve uh, Kay and his weird, sad existence where he has a holographic girlfriend. Yeah. And it's like a huge ripoff of her, which is like really, I mean, like, like to the point where they're like copying exactly scenes from her. Uh, I really? Mean, it's really? Have you seen her? I haven't seen her. Me neither. There's a scene in her where. Uh, you know, he's in love with his computer operating system, which is voiced by Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. And uh, she actually goes out and hires a hooker. Oh, okay. So that they can have sex, like um, a proxy kind of thing. Gotcha. And so, it's like the wow. exact same thing. I mean, yeah. It's, just, and it's this... just like, it's a little, I mean, it's like that. And that was like pretty recent. So it feels yeah. like a little lazy. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I mean, everything with the hologram girlfriend, uh, you just lose it. Like it means nothing. Like I, I could care less about any of it. It just, and I, aside from the fact that Anna Dermas is a gorgeous woman, yeah. <laughs> but beside that, I'm mean, besides that, I, I like who cares? Like I don't know. I, I just I like. Here's what I liked about the movie. Well, did you have any other thoughts oh, before we move ahead, on, yeah. Kevin? Oh no, I was. Uh, let's, uh, no. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, I have more to say, obviously, but let John. Here, here's what I liked about it. Okay, thought the acting was great. Yeah, mm. all across the board, except Robin Wright, who was terrible and everything. But <laughs> everybody else was fantastic. I want to especially point out the female villain android. Love, was love, unreal! How good she was. Very, very good performance from mm. her in what could have been a very easily cheesy, bad performance. Yeah, uh, but she really, whoever that is, really pulled it off. 
The female um, assassin. Yeah. Loved the uh, super Voight comp test uh, when they have to, like... Oh, yeah, the battery. Yeah. Him and the, he, he yeah, the baseline test. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interlinked. <laughs> Interlinked. Apparently, that's from uh, Pale Fire by uh, Nabokov, oh, okay. and he has that book, yeah, that like, in, his, in yeah. his room. That makes sense. Uh, that Those scenes were really good, or I just enjoyed them. Yeah, mm. those are intense, um, good scenes. Let's see if I have anything else positive to say. I did like, I mean, like, uh, talking about the acting again, I thought, um, like, Harrison Ford was uh, un, un, unusually good in it. Because mm-hmm. uh, I don't consider Harrison Ford a great actor. He's he's like a Robert Redford or a Schwarzenegger, you know, he's yeah. got like a charisma. Just being himself. Yeah, but yeah. He's, he got emotional in parts of it and was pretty good, you yeah. know? Yeah. We were um, being hunted. Not that part no. so much. Mainly when, when he shows uh, him Rachel. And he's got the tear in his eye. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Pretty good. She had green eyes. Yeah, that's yeah. that's all. That's all pretty solid. Uh, it's competently made. Yeah, uh, I think it's you know, Villeneuve is a good director. Yeah, I don't think he's the best. I think he's a little, maybe getting a little overrated, but mm. he's certainly good. Yeah, um, he knows how to make a movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's that's those are like my. My positives. Nothing for it. nothing for Deacons in the cinematography. Yeah. See, I okay. Well, I mean, I, I I I snuck a little peek at your notes there accidentally, actually, and I saw that you you refer to him as the god of cinema, dude. I, I don't I don't see it. I don't understand. Dude, I mean, he's his, a cinematographer. I don't like. You're telling me that this movie would have looked considerably different with Mihai Melamar or uh, Vilmo Sigmund or somebody else doing. I mean, like. I don't. I don't understand what the like. They they they're in charge of lighting. Like, who cares? I don't. This whole like worship of Roger Deakins. Just Dude, let's stop. He's amazing. Let's it stop. looks so good. I would just. I totally disagree. I think it would look like a totally different film if it wasn't. You who know, shot like, Sicario? He did. Did he? Yeah. Who shot? What's another Villeneuve movie? Did he shoot all. He didn't shoot all the Villeneuve movies. I don't think he, I know shot, he shot all prisoners. Of them. Yeah. I don't think he shot all of them. I'm but just saying. Like, there's. Well, how do you feel about uh, No Country for Old Men? He did that. I, I think No Country for Old Men's a great film. I don't, these aren't, I just don't understand like this, like, look at, okay, uh, The Master yeah. is a beautiful looking movie. Roger Deakins didn't shoot it. Oh my God, well, somebody not, else can shoot a movie. Well, I'm not saying <laughs> nobody else can make a movie. But Roger Deakins is a god. I, don't, I mean, I'm just, that's hyperbolic for sure, but I, I just really like his work. I think it looks fine. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, I mean, stand by, like, it's like a generic sci-fi movie. Like, and it would have looked just as good with a dozen other DPs. Well, I get what you're mm. saying. Like, you can't throw it all on the DP because you've got the art design, the set direction, and the direction from the director. So, like, I just think it's a great combination of those things to make something that looks really amazing, in my opinion. That's fine. Hmm? Just not, this wasn't one of the things that blew me away at okay. all. <laughs> but, all right. Uh, <laughs> I thought the uh, special effects were pretty solid. Yeah. Mm. Uh like even nothing like looks the, even fake. the CG and stuff looked really yeah, like, yeah. his little uh camera drone thing that comes out of his car. I thought yeah. that looked really good. I was waiting uh, like for that to look bad and it just kept on looking good. Like, like the, yeah, yeah. when they um they break into the hotel with Harrison Ford in the flying car, like how it turns around yeah, in the room. Looks, that was uh, pretty good. Yeah, I think yeah. that was all oh, real. It wasn't CG though. Really hated uh and this is a this is a huge nitpick, so you have nitpicks, but all right. I really hate any time Ryan Gosling fires his gun. Uh, looks horrible and like he's like I get he's an android so he's mm-hmm. got like perfect aim or whatever so he just like shoots really fast and kills like six people at once oh, <laughs> right? I like that. it's just a nightmare I can't stand it because it just takes away everything that was cool about the gun in the original where he's like he misses and he's like 
he's just a human being, even though he's a replicant. But it's like it just it works so much better in the original. The violence in the original works so much better. I agree with the violence part. Yeah, because yeah, like that that scene where uh, where the girl is running through the glass, like he misses like twice before yeah. he finally gets like. One shot and then the kill shot. Hits her twice in the same spot. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Gosling does miss love in the end when he's, like, shooting at her and stuff. But I think that's more yes, like that's the draw true, of the fight. but I mean, fight. she's an android, too, so yeah. it's like... Yeah, yeah. yeah. dodging saying, like, him and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that scene when, when they barge into the casino and he picks up that gun and shoots those three guys, I was just like... I like that. I like, like that. that there wasn't even any squib or blood or it's like they just do and they all fall down. It's like what? A, so boring. So boring. I liked how he took them all out. Like he had you know some moves, and then he like took that one guy out physically, and then he shot the other guys. Yeah, uh, mm. didn't do it for me. All right, yeah. but uh, I mean, hate, hated the uh, Elvis hologram. Oh yeah, and the Frank Sinatra. Kind of like the Frank Sinatra. I, okay, I'm reverse. That, that made more sense to me than the. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thing. They're in Vegas. I understand. Well, that's the thing. I don't, I don't think it makes. I don't think it doesn't make sense. Like that would never happen. Obviously, they're doing hologram concerts now, but like, I just didn't like the way it played. I didn't like that it was Elvis. I didn't like that it was like going in and out. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just yeah. really distracting. I was like, I just want to hmm. just stop. Just stop. You know, it's like turn on the lights or whatever, and like shoot that, shoot it out. Like, yeah, uh, this is ridiculous. I like that actually. I was the reverse of that. I, I didn't really care for the Sinatra thing because it was just like, why? Like, why is you know, the other the Elvis stuff was working in the action of the moment, but then, like, after that, he's just kind of playing with this, you know, uh, jukebox, I guess, holographic jukebox. And it was like, okay, it's awesome, whatever, cut, yeah. cut that I, out, I think, shorten your movie because it's already two hours and 45 minutes long. It was but, too long, that's another yeah, problem. Yeah, for it. sure, way too long. It doesn't justify its runtime at all. Uh, nah. there's no reason for this movie to be this long, uh, except that it looks so good. Says you, hated. All, I really hated all the killings. Like any, like like, and I argued about this with my with Jonathan. Uh, we saw it, and then we had dinner, and he gave it a three and a half. And I, I was arguing with him that his score was too high. And, uh, I he, whenever the android confronts Robin Wright, mm-hmm. and like cuts her on her stomach and then stabs her, and she's dead. I mean. Come yeah. on. Like, who gets stabbed once Like, and too dies? soon. Well, then also, like, like, when, like, picks up, picks her up by her head and, like, scans her face and then drops her. Yeah, and just she, like a little... And then she hits the desk yeah, and then like falls, like... like a comedic hit. beat. Like, I just... Yeah, I don't like, know. I can't no. deal with that shit, man. That's I, just gross. I thought that was dumb. I didn't find that comedic. It was. It was like, it was like, it was like, it was like a dark comic moment. It was yeah, like, Yeah, I can see it. I can see that, but I just didn't feel it. It was either like dark comedy or they were trying to be like overly brutal with it. Yeah. Like she's just cold. Yeah. It's just, uh, it just felt really lame to me. Yeah. And, uh, I, okay. And I guess my, so just going into, well, speaking of that moment, just while we're on it, like, I can see how it's a little unbelievable. Like, yeah, she's like a lieutenant in the LAPD. Like, she's not going to, like, try and defend herself or have a weapon on her. Like, there's not going to be any fight. It's just, oh, you know, cut in the stomach, you're dead. So I can, I can kind of see. Well, like there's this, the, like she down. slices her stomach, but then like she has to take the extra measure of stabbing her. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's one of the things like I don't understand about like the kind of like android aspect of the replicants. Like they're you know, like she like love says in at one point like you can make them as human or as inhuman as you want. So it's like. It seems like a killer assassin lady would be like ultra efficient. 
like just you know quick quick stab to the brain. That's yeah. It. But she also says like in well, that she does scene, hit that guy in the back of the head. Yeah, the and, neck or whatever breaks his neck. Yeah, yeah, and he's like gargling like, blood. blood. I actually like, like I actually like that kill. That was yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah. But like she says in that scene, like oh, um, you know you. She says something about like replicants not being able to lie. Like you, you don't, um, you never question us. You know, like because she didn't question Kay when he said that, like he had taken care of it. Yeah, he's like, uh, you know, you'll just trust us because we never lie. You know, we, you know, we'll never go off base or line or whatever. But then she's like, um, I'm going to tell Wallace that you shot first. So now I have yeah. to kill you or something like that didn't make much sense to me. Well, like I could see that because like obviously she's been made as Jared Leto's like kind of you know right hand woman, but still like if, if it just felt like she would have been like more efficient as a killing machine. But like, why does she got to explain to him like why she killed this person? You know, like if she's out there to like kill people because at and some do point task, like you know you've got a, a you've got a dead lieutenant in the LAPD, yeah. and then you know like obviously like. Love would have been spotted by the cameras. Yeah, yeah, I get all that, but it's and like... And so Wallace would have had to justify why one of his replicants killed a lieutenant in the LAPD. But it almost sounded like But again, she, that's kind of, you know, like... It almost sounded mm-hmm. like a moral thing, not like, logistically, I need to cover my tracks. She's like... It sounded logistic to me. I don't know. Because she was mentioning, like, the the morality and question of, of Kay and, like, how you never question replicants, but then, like... I'm going to go and, I don't know, it was a little confusing, like, how you tied those two together. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's again, like, goes back to over-exposition. Like, they're trying to explain too much, and, like, yeah, like no explanation is better than a bad explanation. Yeah, like, why even have that piece of dialogue, just kill her? Like, you know, yeah, explain yeah. what she's going to do later when we never see her For do instance, that. For instance, in the first Blade Runner, Rutger Hauer doesn't say, now, Tyrell, since you can't give me more life... I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to kill J.F. Sebastian, too, because he's just in the room. Yeah. He yeah. just does it. Yeah, exactly. And you know why he's doing it? Because he's disappointed that he can't have more life. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, he's, fa- he's, facing his, he's facing his own mortality, and he, like, uh, I, I just, this was the first time I noticed this uh, on rewatching the uh, the final cut. Sorry, Sebastian. And as he's walking yeah. after him. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So dark. Um, but it's so beautiful. What too. else you got for? Okay, uh, well, I guess the main the main problem I have with it. All right. Okay, uh, is uh, is that it's um, what I was talking about earlier the um, the detail of the world mm-hmm. uh, in the original the original feels like a real place yeah. that is lived in and that is uh, grimy and there's trash in the streets and there's like random people that are like almost like not even visible. They're like so far in the background and like in the dark shadows of alleys and stuff. And yeah. it's raining constantly. It just looks gross. Everything's gross. His apartment is cluttered and messy. Mm. Looks lived in. Even Tyrell's penthouse is clean, but it looks like, like there's stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's a bed and there's a dresser and there's like a the chess table and everything. Yeah. And it's like in this movie they just they messed up because they it's just so like it's of so it's dated of now it's dated to this time it's like every room in this movie is like this clean sterile environment with yeah. nothing in it like whenever they bring uh Harrison Ford back to uh Jared Leto's like 
place of bit whatever his it is. lair yeah his yeah. lair yeah yeah <laughs> his lair his yeah lair and there's like literally nothing it's just like a, it's like a square in the middle of like a pond yeah inside of this room that has nothing on the wall it's just like this ridiculous location that would never exist for any like there's no reason to build that room except to have this scene in it yeah, like what does he use that room for when Harrison Ford's not there to to, to kill, just chill to kill just, fembots? Like, yeah, I mean yeah. it's just like it's utterly ridiculous. That's his sex layer. Well, also like there was that that scene where Love is like doing like the call with the uh, the uh, some woman who runs a business or whatever, mm-hmm. and like the like you've got like the shimmering water effect with the yellow light. I yeah. thought that like for Dude, me I that was that. really distracting. Like. Like I have a problem like with like strobe lights. So like if I like if I was in that room, I would have a problem being in there. Like I would probably feel sick. I thought all that looked awesome. <clears throat> I didn't have a problem with that necessarily, but I mean, I see what you're saying. I, I just it's just like it's just like every I, I wrote in my notes. The main thing is like that they just expand the universe too much. Like the the mm. original takes place in the city. It's about like it takes place in Los Angeles. It's a neo noir film, you know. Yeah. With uh, that takes place in the future, and it's like this movie is like all over the place. Like hardly any of it takes place in the city, mm-hmm. and when it is in the city, they're always in these clean rooms. <laughs> like they're at the police station, which does not look like a police station at all. It looks like this weird. I mean, from the outside, it looks cool. I like the mm-hmm. design of it from the outside, mm-hmm. but like on the inside, it's just like these white sterile rooms with like computer screens and yeah I, I just couldn't stand it and like the the worst part is when when he meets the who ends up being the daughter and she's got that like thing and she's making memories that i just like this is ridiculous now now you're just going too far with it like mm. what an absurd piece of technology this is i thought this that was a little cool. device where she can create i like, like that what a joke man I, like <laughs> in, the orig- in the original where did the memories come from uh they never actually Tyrell's say Tyrell's niece. No, they Ty- say well Tyrell's oh, yeah. niece, Tyrell's but like niece. they don't they don't say if it's on like data discs or matter, whatever. The fact you know. is that they're not created from nothing. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not they're not her they're not this girl's this random girl's memories. Right. They're they're Tyrell's niece because Tyrell runs the company. It makes sense he would use his. You know? Yeah, and it's just, and it's also just like as, I don't know, I just couldn't. I as hated powerful that whole, as I hated like, that actress, her <laughs> she was just smiling nonstop. Like just stop smiling. I liked her a lot. Shut up. I actually liked her a lot because <laughs> it made sense because she's like you know quarantined off from the world, so she'd be really happy. So go she's, lucky, right? Well, no, because she I don't know it was like innocent, you know, like she just it was, was like excited to well, show she's somebody. A, well, I was hated that. Well, baby. apparently she's a test tube baby, so not a test tube baby. I'm guessing Rachel was kind of a test tube somehow, unless I mean, they Rachel had the baby. She well, yes, yeah, she like, had the baby, but like naturally. Well, why not naturally? Well, because she was a replicant. Well, uh, well, Repli- she, how? Okay, well, she. Well, let's uh, get into it. How are replicants different from human beings? That's, that's a, a that's, that's, a, that's a, a big question because they yeah, they yeah. bleed just like us. And clearly, they have sperm. Now, yeah, now they can reproduce. Um, apparently, exactly. So. It make, I mean that that part of it. I don't like that. I don't like that the idea that no, Becker me has neither. A kid with Rachel, but it makes sense to me. It's mm-hmm. just I just don't like it. I think it's silly. I think it's a weird way to go with it. Yeah. I and I mean, it's the next step in their evolution. I don't know. I just I just, I wasn't. And the, the idea <laughs> the idea that Gosling is a replicant, like it seems like a good idea. I, I don't know. I I think I would have preferred it if it was about a person. Because he's so robotic in this, like he has well, that one moment where he loses it, but like the rest of it, he's just like, like he's so stoic and calm. I just, it gets a little boring for me. 
when I was watching. Uh, I was like, I was like, just like, it's like, like so emotionless. All those things that you're saying you don't like, I liked. So. That's great. Huh? You love this movie. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Well, yeah, it's got problems, but uh, what are the, the, problems, the sum of Jordan? its parts, I, I liked altogether. To me, the the weakest link was the script. I agree, and mm. I didn't feel like they set up the conflict very well. Where like the lieutenant keeps saying, "This breaks the world," you know, like if we if they find out. You know, replicants can reproduce. Like I agree yeah, they that, just yeah. kind of like they don't explain. They it just at all. passed over that rule. Well, like, so like, this is going to be bad, so do something. But about that's it. the crux. Like, of I guess the film. She, I guess she somehow knows about this replicant revolution. Well, yeah, and I didn't understand it. It wasn't until like the very end of the film where I was like, yeah. "Oh, replicant revolution! They find we out we can army. reproduce." <laughs> If if we find out we can reproduce, then we're just as human as anybody. So we're gonna rise up and like take our place in society. But then again, like what you know, they don't really explain what freedoms they're lacking because like after this blackout or whatever, everybody's just kind of you know, you know they don't know who's a replicant or like from back in the day. And then the new replicants just look like they're you know living day to day lives. Well, Ryan like Gosling is clearly like, like a slave slave labor. Yeah. I mean, he says. To, well, she, she says. She says something to him, and she says, "Did you act, did, did you say no to me?" And he says, "I wasn't aware that was." An I option. wasn't aware as an option. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but it's just like not enough setup of that if they're going to go with this whole like uprising. Well, I think thing, the uprising you know? thing is a is a is like a tributary of the story that should be excised from the exactly film. It's a for sure. Yeah, yeah. The film that it, me, that means nothing and has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, yeah and it doesn't, and it, doesn't, it doesn't, go doesn't, doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't resolve itself. So I'm like. Obviously, there are they setting up for a third film? I'm thinking God, they're they've no, they won't they're, it failed at the box office. So. Probably so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, but I mean, Leto is still alive at the end, or Wallace is still alive at the end. So it's like, yeah, which is like apparently he's some dead, kind of like so. powerful well, he's figure. Not, he's so. not the villain, though. I mean, he's he's the he's the overarching villain, but he's not the like, he's the overarching villain. So know, like, you got to take villain. care of him. I disagree. I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with that at all because he's he's too big for K to take care of him. K is a nothing. K is a blade. And K is yeah. dead. Well, I'm just, so. that's beyond the point. I'm just saying, like, even if he weren't, he's like he's not in the position where he can do anything against Wallace, who is yeah, like yeah. Bill Gates. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You're not gonna have a cop taking out the most powerful man in the world. You know? Yeah. But they could have had some resolution with his character, or like you know, some you know, call I, back to I, him in some way. I but. should say, speaking of the villains, I, the, the the last the that last uh, whole scene with the the thing in the water. The car and the water and all the fighting and everything. Yeah. I liked mm-hmm. all that. I liked it when he drowned the, the woman, too. I that, was that was good. Cool. Yeah. yeah. What I didn't... like his facial expressions and stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I like that, the drowning. What I didn't really like was, like, all the action fighting, like, the kicking and punching on the beach. Like, it just didn't fit. Like, it felt like it was supposed to be in another film, like, a more action film. But, like, this film's, like, a slow burn. It takes its time. Uh, and I liked that. I can see how some people would say it's too long, but I liked like this kind of, you know, pay, like slow pace, um, very artistic moments, very like quiet moments uh, with like you know different outbursts of violence. But that whole like punching and kicking, like the knife at the end, I was just like, ah, oh, this like this just doesn't feel like it fits. You know, like just shoot her. You know, like. Or just know, stab I, him. Like it yeah. takes her a while to pull out pull out the knife. Like again, like it just seemed like too like blockbuster, like you know, action movie style. Yeah. Like I liked all that stuff. Like the, the that setting, like in the water, like right there on like the bulkhead of Los Angeles or whatever. And you know, I was thinking the whole time Ford's gonna die, and I was 
cool with that. I was like, he's gonna, he's gonna kill her, and then he's gonna go and just like let Ford drown, and then like it'll go somewhere else to end it. I was like, all right, but then you know he saves them, and then might like have been, might have been a slightly better ending. I think so because that the ending yeah, was like, like the is, hardest thing it was for very me to sentimental and lame. Yeah, because yeah. like if they had just like exchanged like a look. And then, and, he, and, and then he lets and him he die. Ju- and, he just, and he just lets the car sink. I was for sure, like, Great. Harrison Ford's going to die in this just like, you know, he had, just like he died in, spoiler if you haven't seen it, The Force Awakens. His like, death in The yeah. Force Awakens makes more sense than his death in this would make, though. Yeah. His death yeah. in this would seem like, I don't want to do another one of these, so you have to kill my character. True, true. But his death in The Force Awakens, while it is the same thing, I'm sure Harrison Ford said, I don't want to do another one of these, so you yeah. have to kill my character, it actually works for the plot. I'm like, thinking Ford's like, I'm ready for another Blade Runner. I'm might, ready to make some be, more money. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. his late 70s, so yeah. he needs to kick into high I, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kind of wish he had gone there or been a little darker at the end, but yeah, it, uh, the ending was the biggest problem for me. It just, well, not that's not even the biggest problem, but with the script, it's like, it's too coincidental. Like, like the fact mm. that Kay, a random Blade Runner, is assigned to this case, but then he happens to have this implanted memory that works perfectly and gives him a personal connection That's with the point. case. I didn't think about that. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. Like he's and, just, and why did they write quint- the date on the tree to mark the, That's a great the date question. of the birth? I didn't think about that either. That's a great question too. These are great points guys. This movie is awful. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The script is rough. I gave like the, yeah, yeah. like out of, you know, the different elements, <laughs> the script's like a three, 3.5 for me. The rest of the stuff, cinematography is rough, but it's still a hard pass. Three point five. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say that it's it has some rough parts. I don't want to say it's garbage all all through and through, but too coincidental. Mm. The fact that the he's, cells in the inner link part is cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The fact that he's just involved, like you know, but has this personal personal connection with it. Oh, like I happen to be the decoy boy. You know, or oh, happen to be involved yeah. in this this situation. It's like yeah. where, if like, they had like revealed who assigned that, like, them it was to a master case. plan or something. Yeah, like, like did the lieutenant know more because she's asking about his memories? But then yeah. she. Gets, I was going to say also, I, we we didn't talk about Prometheus earlier when you were talking about Alien Covenant. Have you oh seen yeah, Prometheus. Yeah, yeah. You like it? Uh, I yeah, I enjoyed it. I I think I gave it like uh, three stars okay. like like Alien Covenant yeah I hate Prometheus it's the worst movie I've ever seen but <laughs> but that, that, that's neither here nor there I was gonna say that worse than let me make you a martyr <laughs> no it's better than that but Prometheus, <laughs> Prometheus is the same thing it's I was gonna say Prometheus is to I, 2049 I as Alien is to Blade Runner like Alien is a film mm. that is a lived in world like that, that ship looks like they live there yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and the only place in that whole ship that's sterile like that is their like sleeping chamber that's like a pure white and everything? Yeah, yeah. Where they sleep on their pods, but everything else is like this cold steel gray. Like it's gross. There's like when when Harry Dean Stanton's looking for the cat and everything that uh, the engine is like cooling and like dripping everywhere. Yeah, that's, like, yeah. that's awesome. Right. These are like cool things, and this film doesn't have that. I say with the exception of like that end scene, which is cool because it takes place in the water. Like that's an interesting location for yeah. you know this scene to take place in. Yeah, I kind of disagree like with you. Though. Hang on, hang on, Prometheus. <laughs> strips all that away prometheus takes place before alien yet somehow the technology is extremely extremely advanced it's like the star wars they're using like like touch screens and like the ship doesn't look like it's ever been used which it may not have been but it's like the people in it are like all in these like you know unitards that just it just it looks ridiculous i don't know i just can't it's just like it loses all of the authenticity of the original and i think that that's the same thing with this film 
I didn't feel um, that way with this one. Like, I guess I could see how you could say that in some points. Like, in the beginning, like, the first scene, I loved, I loved the opening scene. And that felt very lived in, like, the guy's house and everything. But, like, when he gets out of the car, I don't know... I don't know if it was just, like, that setting again. It felt a little... I could see how you're saying, like, the steriness. Like, it was just empty. And we're used to Blade Runner being, like, gritty and just full of stuff. Mm. So, uh, like, for a moment... I'm used to Blade Runner being taking place in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. In the city. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it starts out... And where are we? We're in, like, some desolate plane with nothing. Yeah. It's like... So this isn't Blade Runner? Like, a desolate plane that the LAPD somehow has jurisdiction over. Where are we at here? What are we looking at? Like, if it was, like, a a a farm. Special like Blade yeah, Runner the farms unit of Los Angeles. Los Angeles, big farming community. Yeah, yeah totally. Because <laughs> they, they, uh, they, you know, in the prologue, I know synthetic like, farming. Synthetic yeah, farming yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, they didn't. They, they even say they even they even don't even say Los Angeles. They say at the beginning when he's flying California, Somewhere in California, yeah, forty nine. So he's clearly not in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but yeah. So that kind of took me out of it. Like I'm. That's not what I'm expecting for Blade Runner, but. Other than that, I felt like, you know, the set design was really great, was really, it was like a good mix of the original, but bringing us to some new places, expanding the universe, you know, giving us, uh, you know, similar structures and like similar lighting and stuff, but um, not totally like ripping off the original, just going somewhere new and different, but... I also felt like it was a little like homagey, like too much, too many like callbacks to the original, like the giant Atari uh, <laughs> yeah. sign and like the 3D Coke sign and all that, and like mm. um, I don't know, it was just like oh let's let's do s- stuff from the original, but just like tweak it a little bit and or like call back to it and like a lot of the um, wasn't there like multiple scenes where you know they referenced his like little machine in the first one where he's like closer to the left. Closer, yeah, closer. And, and he does that with the uh, the little drone that's yeah, from the car. He does that with the drone, but there was like a bunch of other stuff too that I was like. Yeah, and also, uh, what's her f- uh, love? Like she love. had a similar kind of thing. Yeah, where, like zoom in, zoom in to the right. Yeah, left. There was there was a little too much of that. Um, but yeah, script was the weakest part. I felt like the direction was really strong. Uh, it it was a bit long. But I liked the pacing, the tone, the bleakness. Like I liked how sparse the dialogue was, and you know, for the most part, the dialogue was probably the best part of the script. Um, I like some of the themes that they explore with, like, um, I wasn't. I, I mean, I wasn't crazy about Joy's character, uh, his holographic girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I thought there were some interesting themes that they were going for there, like extending it to the next level of like she doesn't have a body but like what makes a human a human like can you be a a human or a person without a body and then like um you know their whole relationship and everything it reminded me of like a movie where uh like indiana jones where he has this uh, annoying kid and this annoying woman that follow him around everywhere yeah Yeah. it's like why are they here that is this this just gives him more stuff to worry about it's just like a it's like a script device it's like well we need him to have somebody that he cares about yeah 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 so we'll give him this girl and and even though at the beginning it's like they have that like rail system in his apartment i'm like that's kind of interesting like yeah she's on this rail then immediately no i bought this thing and now you can go anywhere you want it's like a bluetooth device for hologram yeah that's so like you could just because because yeah because it's sci-fi you can just do anything you want you can just create whatever (laughs) technology yeah 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 and suddenly now this woman is with him everywhere he goes yeah just like being annoying and it's beeping in his pocket (laughs) the whole time and stuff 
Yeah, um, that was another thing. Like when I, she crushed it, I was like, "Thank God, really, go yeah. away!" Like uh, I, it was a it was a heartfelt moment for me. I'm like, you know, she's like, "I can I be a I, I can be a real girl, just like a real girl," you know. And he's like, you know, if you break this device, then yeah. you're gone or whatever. But I mean, the, the, even um, that is like, if if I if you break this <clears> device, <throat> that's it. You'll be gone forever. It's like. She knows that. Why are you telling her that? Because we don't know it. Because the audience needs to know yeah, it. It's yeah. so lame. That's a good like, point. Would we not have gotten that when she stomped it and his reaction? We would have understood. Okay, but she's it's like gone. setting up that but that's like, yeah, going to happen. Yeah, it's like such a yeah. retarded. And it's like Hampton Fancher wrote the screenplay. Yeah, he's not new to this. Like, I don't, how do you write the first one and then come back and write this? It makes no sense. It was a total well, like. Apparently, he wrote like a novella for the film. He and wrote then, the script like, in novella in form. novella form. Yeah. But then, like, another guy uh, is credited as well. So I don't know if, like, he went and... Let's just blame that other guy. Yeah, let's just blame that guy. Because whatever. Um, Yeah, I like some of those themes that they were exploring, though. I thought they were were interesting. And I thought the weird, like, romance scene was interesting. But then when you mentioned it's totally a ripoff of her, that definitely uh, derails it for me. It's going Um, down to a 3.75 now. (laughs) In her, Joaquin Phoenix... Uh, decides not to do it because he's like, huh. I don't, I don't need this. Like, I want to just be with you, mm, kind of thing. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, this movie is better than her. I hate her. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I didn't realize you is, hated her. It is the same thing. Her is the worst. It's the uh, such a pretentious garbage uh, movie. I haven't. Seen I couldn't it. stand it. Um, sorry, Kev. Sorry, bud. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I liked uh, speaking of like. Well, the- I was just going to do the Arrested Development. Her. <laughs> I don't get that. Uh, <laughs> Watch uh, go in, development. Go into the editing. Um, like I said, I like the slow burn of it. I like that it wasn't like cut up like an action flick. And there's it. All, it does almost feel like gratuitous. You know, it is three hours long. Like you can really. Well, I guess what I appreciate the most is like you can really tell like there's a lot of passion and a lot of energy and enjoy like put into this film like the making of the film and it's like they wanted those shots in there and like they got them like that you know like i probably with any other director and without like scott being you know behind it the studio wouldn't have allowed a lot of you know what they left in like these quieter moments and like the more artistic moments that you could argue like could be excised you know but like that shot when uh He's all bloody and beat up, and they rescue him, and it goes like to his face, all bloody, just like close up on his face, and they're mm. around the fire, and then it like shows it's like a upward shot of like the embers into the sky, and then it like kind of fades into another shot of the cars flying through the city. I thought that was really cool. That looked mm. really awesome. But that's just me. John's making yeah. faces. I just, I'm, I'm You're just, not just a, listening. Just not a fan. Well, I had some questions though. That we just toss out there. Mm-hmm. Was there actually a boy? Was the decoy boy just a copied record, not an actual person? Because they say you know, they scrambled the records, but then we find in in the record it says the girl is dead and the boy was sent to an orphanage. Well, we find out at the end of the film, the Harrison Ford's daughter is alive. It's a daughter, and she has real memories of the orphanage. So, was there actually a boy? And um, you know, Kay at one point thinks that that's him. Is there a boy? Do we know? Who cares? Okay, Kevin. <laughs> I, I'm I'm of the opinion that uh, there wasn't. That they just like this. This is a 
good example of a red herring, like something just to throw you, just to throw you off and distract you. Villeneuve loves red herrings. Is that right? Have you seen Prisoners? I have not. There's an entire like half an hour dedicated to a red herring in that movie. Wow. Don't don't spoil anything for me though, because I haven't seen it. I, I plan on watching it. Okay. Um, yeah, I think so, like so, they, they talk about it's just like a copied record, so. I, I think it is kind of to throw you just to throw you off because like he, my question though another question is like why like if you're going to alter the record why not just get rid of all like trace of where the girl was sent because like they scrambled the record for the boy to go to the orphanage but why not just take that out unless they have like some sort of limitations of what they can tamper with you know because like he goes to the orphanage and there's pages ripped out of the record book why. too you know why's that if they eliminated the records, there would literally be no movie. Well, not elim- not eliminate <laughs> well, the record, but like, why not just say the boy was deceased too or something? Because you know? again, there would be no movie. I just hate it that. He would have hit a roadblock and been like, oh, okay, well, that's it. <laughs> think of something else. Next that, case. Think of, <laughs> I, I just hate those kind of explanations like, well, we had to put that in there or there'd be no movie. And like, that's we'll just what write it is, a, though. Just write a better script. That's then. what it is. I agree. They should have written a better yeah, script. Yeah, they should have written a better though. script. Yeah. And that's what it is. Yeah. Like, I'm just, well, then I'm just pointing to that as a flaw in the script. Like, I agree. That's, I agree with you. I'm wondering how that works. Next question. Um, what's with his hand in the snow and the daughter's memory imagination thingy at the end? And she's looking in the snow. Okay. What's again, up with that? Again. Who, who cares? It reminds me of... I, I, think, that's an, I think that's another thing to like throw you off to think, like, is he a replicant? Is he not? Uh, He's obviously a replicant. I, I mean, he—that's. He I agree with you. That was one yeah, thing like, I did not like about the end of the film. He's obviously a replicant, right? There's no, like you said, there's no mystery. I mean, it's set there's, up in the first three minutes of the movie. Hmm? He's a replicant. No, I mean, even in the in the very beginning scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the a rep- guy is three times the size. He stops his hand when he tries to. Well, stab he him. he's yeah. a so you get thrown through a wall. I mean, he's a replicant. Yeah, he's a replicant. But then I like that they're toying with the idea of like, oh, well, maybe he's a replicant, and like, or maybe he's a human that's been tricked. That he's a, a replicant, you know, and like mm-hmm. that was an interesting turn, like from the original, like, well, Deckard is a human that thinks he's that he's a replicant that thinks he's a human. Well, here's uh, K, who's a human that thinks he's a replicant. But I just didn't like how. Like apparent and like unmysterious it was in the end. Like all questions are answered, you know, regarding K. I didn't have. I mean, there, so there was a point uh, in the film when you thought he might be human. Yeah. Why? Because they lead you to believe that. Like he's when? Like, see he's, that's that's the in the whole middle of the film. He's led to believe that he might be the the boy. Like the Harrison. boy is a replicant. Yeah, but he's born of uh, still a replicant. Born of replicants. Yeah. So does that mean the girl's a replicant? Yes. Too? Born of replicants. Well, he's questioning the whole if time. If Harrison Ford well, and Rachel if, are both replicants, and they have a baby, that baby is a replicant. Well, it seemed like the film was making the point that like he he's just as human, though. I didn't get that at all. And honestly, I don't see how you could ever I, think that he's human. Just, again... Like, why does he get so mad, then? You know, oh, I'm just a replicant. Like, why... Obviously... Replicants have emotions. Well, they, I, they even said well, no, that I mean, the, like, the whole first film was about how replicants have emotions. Well, like, he... Which they he kind of, like, that gloss he was over born. in this one. He thinks that he was born sure. which ma- and has a soul, which okay. makes him, like, a human, what? I guess. They say soul one time in the movie. I yeah. wouldn't go too far with that. No, I'm saying <laughs> that's the reason why he's so mad. And the girl, Joy, his girlfriend, says... You know, you were special. You were born, not just yeah, made. I, know. I agree. So that's still that's a replicant, why, though, that's not when, a human being. 
right? Well, that's the question. Special what what is a like Robin Wright is special too because she's a human. Well, in that context, they're asking what is a human? You know, what? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I didn't get any of that. I, he's still he's still a replicant. Like obviously, he's not a human being if he's being uh, if he's emotionless, being thrown through walls. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, being stabbed in the shoulder and not reacting. I mean, like he's a robot. Like obviously, like. Uh, and I mean, it wouldn't make any sense for him to be a human. Like if they if they knew he was a human, what would be the point of using him as a Blade Runner? Like obviously, you use a replicant as a Blade Runner it makes sense because they can take take care of their own, right? Like that makes a lot of sense. That's probably the most smart thing they they chose to do. But uh, I yeah, I never I never for a second thought he was human. I don't know I, ever. I didn't. No, I think I think in in the movie like they can't, they try to like. I think they blur that edge though, right? They try to, like, again, like the the logic of the movie that they set up does not hold up to close scrutiny. Well, yeah, like you're saying, he's busting through walls and stuff. So, like yeah, all yeah, that, yeah. you think about all that, and you're like, I yeah, he's obviously that he burst through the wall in Las Vegas too. Yeah, he burst yeah, through yeah. that wall. And <laughs> yeah, that, so like yeah. they like another, they another try comic moment. they try to paint it like, oh well, he could be human. That's that's why I'm wondering about like that's why I'm referring to Rachel as a test tube. Like, so like. Maybe maybe Deckard was a human, and then he somehow was able to impregnate Rachel. So you know whatever any, comes out any, as a test tube baby, they're, who they're, like they're, somehow is born with you know replicant strength. Well, but it's, it's like it's, if, but again, again if, like I, like I said, like it it doesn't make when you try to apply logic to this movie, none of it makes any real sense. I think the the question there is like one y'all brought up. If rep, you know, what's the difference between replicants and humans? If replicants can procreate and have babies, and he's like a a born baby, not just made in a factory, then that gives him some sort of edge, or that makes him different, you know, than just you know a robot or whatever. So, like, then at that point, what's the difference? Like, if they're exactly the same as humans, they can make babies, they can bleed, they can die, you know, they have a regular lifespan now. You know, so that to me, that's what I thought he was going with that, or where the film was going. It was like he obviously now thinks that that memory was real because uh, the girl tells him that's a real memory, and he's like, "Oh, that is. I know it's real." And they're you know asking the question the whole time, like, "What is real?" So he's thinking like, "I'm not just a replicant. Like, you know, I'm a real person. Like, I had a real childhood, but they've stolen it from me or whatever." That that part of it's kind of blurry. Uh. Like I think that's the biggest problem. Like like we we talked uh, a while back about uh, under the skin and how like so much was not answered and you know like we could ask these kinds of questions about the movie and what's going on, but like with this movie, like you can't really ask those kinds of questions because like so much of it they try to explain, but in an unsatisfactory way. So like I I. I you know, yeah. I just didn't like how everything yeah, was explained to you in the end. You know, like yeah, that, again that the, scene under the bridge with the replicant army. And, yeah, you know, oh, it, you're you thought you were special? No, you're not special. You're just a replicant. You yeah, know? a regular replicant. Yeah, whatever. However you want to call you're it. You're just a replicant. Like All us. right. Last question. We have to wrap up this uh, deep dive. Is Deckard a replicant? Yes. Inarguably so. Now, yeah. Why do you, why do you say in our other than Scott saying he is a replicant? How okay. like from this film? Not from this film. From the first film. From the first film. From the first film, 
He has the vision of the unicorn. Mm-hmm. He uh, and then Elder James almost makes a unicorn, which yeah. is to tell him, "I can see inside your mind." Because you, you are, a you have implanted memories, yes. yeah, yeah. implanted dreams. Yes, or whatever. he's a replicant. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I get from the final cut too. I did like in this film though that you know, and again, we see that, or that's our perspective. Maybe other people have different opinions. Obviously. Uh, Scott has one opinion. Ford has another. That's kind of besides. Ford is not an authority. Th- on yeah, it. that's besides <laughs> the point. But you know, it's a hotly debated thing. Like you know, is he or isn't he? I like the film in that regard that it leaves that it like kind of t- teases out that question a little bit more. Like Leto's uh, mo- monologue where he's like, um, you know, you never thought about that you and Rachel were made to, you know, have a baby together. Like, eh, that's, that seemed kind of thrown in there, like out of nowhere. But the fact that he goes on and says like that, you know, depending on if you are a replicant, yes, no. And then they just kind of like leave it there and don't really give you any hard and fast answers. Like at least there's like some, uh, care taken with the, the, the original and source material. Like you can tell Villeneuve is, you know, treading lightly over holy ground. Well, any last comments for Blade Runner 2049? A big disappointment. Really lame. It was very generic, disappointing. Generic sci-fi. Star ratings? Two and a half. 2.75. Four. It's a week or four. Okay. Um, y'all want to do some no, trivia? we don't have time. We don't have time. We gotta go. Next week, it. we are going to be watching Gattaca from 1997, directed by Andrew Nichol and starring Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, and Jude Law. We're going to get into a little more about science fiction, only this time about genetics. Oh, fun stuff. For sure. Hopefully good science fiction. (laughs) All right, so you can uh, check out that film on iTunes, Amazon Video, Google Play, wherever you get your movies, and uh, watch it and join us next week. Also, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and check out our website, filmyakpodcast.com. And if you want to get in touch with us to write us feedback... Right at right to feedback at filmyakpodcast.com. Let us know uh, what you think and ask questions. Ask some questions so we can have a discussion. For yes. show. All right, we'll see you next week for more Filmyak. He said you a braid runner.